I've binned, I completely binned that intro. Did you? I didn't know it. On the stream, yeah. Oh. Oh. I hope it's working. Anyway. Uh, hello, Willkommen, Bienvenue, Konnichiwa, Ni Hao, Jambo. Jambo. Um, yeah, welcome to the Deep Amish Inquisition cast. Deep Oof. Amish Inquisition. Share. Rough. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm Amish Phil. I'm Amish Ben. And I'm Amish Matt. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. We've got Andy here. Andy's here from the Deep Share. What up? How's it going, guys? Hey, Andy. Good. Nice to meet you. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, it's been a while in the works, this. I think we first messaged each other right at the start of the summer when I was on holiday. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. let's get this done. And we're finally yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, you guys had a nice little trip, right? I did. I went to, I, I sent you a little a video of me doing, uh, what's it called, the uh, the line... The uh, uh, strip, strip, not strip line, uh, zip line. The, the zip line, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all holidaying in our own countries, obviously, at the moment, the yeah. way things are going. But yeah, it yeah. doesn't, uh, yeah, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think international travel's going to be on the cards in the, in the near future for most of us. I mean, you must be, you must be pretty optimistic, Andy, because... You know, with all the shit that's going down, uh, it must be comforting to have, like, the most popular president ever. <laughs> like, the, the guy with the sure. most votes ever. Ever. It's like, America's always been that self-inflated kid on the playground, but now he's just gone completely off the rails, and everyone's just like, what is this happening? Uh, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how divisive it was before we started recording, and uh, it's it's just so easy. People get sucked in and they play into it, mm. and uh, you know they just love to divide us and conquer us and get people working against each other. If you can disconnect from all that sort of stuff and try and see the funny side of, of the absurdity, I think that helped. Oh yeah, man. I think that's why it helps to do, you know, what we're doing in in the podcast realm and and trying to make light of things and other guys like we were talking about legit bat before and OBDM OBDM the same, you know. There's so much yeah. quality content out there for people who want to disconnect from the mainstream. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be all gloom and doom. I mean, we all talk about a lot of the hot things and that they are, can be kind of negative or scary or whatever, but I think that's that's our drive to kind of inform people that aren't aware of the the dirt but like once you get through the dirt there's so much amazing shit to talk about and like what we're capable of like what they the whole reason why we have this negative force kind of imposed on us sometimes you know it's like it's 
because we need to find out what we're really capable of. And, you know, what they're hiding from us is exactly that usually, you know. Sorry, Phil's just messing around with the uh, the live stream here. But yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> ben, Ben, sort your camera out because every time your camera drops out, like the Twitter handles move over our faces and stuff. Yes. <laughs> <So I have> it- <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited power. Sorry about that. I'll, um, I'll, I'll uh, not do that. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> How many how many episodes are you on now, Andy? On the deep share? I'm man, I don't know. Uh, like I think. Well, I've edited down. Like I have like a bunch of them to drop. Still, I'm like kind of trying to catch up right now because I keep doing more episodes, but I you know keep there's only so many hours in the week to put it all out. So I keep getting getting behind, but I've having a lot of great conversations. It's like my brain is thinking way ahead of, you know, the amount of time I need like 36 hour days. That's what I need. I need, I work on like a 36 hour day and it's just, the world doesn't agree. So I lose a lot of sleep, <laughs> but you guys have a shitload of episodes. You guys have been out, around for a while. You guys have been hustling like crazy, man. And Congratulations. That's the way that. we like to be described. Yeah. Hustlers. I think, I think we did it. I think we did about 40 episodes before we even released any. <laughs> dude it's like i don't know like my original plan was to kind of do that like i'm gonna get way ahead and then just like easily release them week to week oh, but, oh no no oh, no 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 i mean we never release them we never they're, just, they're unreleasable yeah they're un- we'd be we'd be oh, cancelled we'd be cancelled by breakfast <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, well, I had a podcast like that entirely before. It was like an entire practice uh, podcast, and yeah, it's <laughs> gone with the wind. So, what what is the format of your podcast? Is it do you do kind of series and things like that, or seasons? I should say. I mean, I'm, I guess like most of the podcast apps like ask what season it is, so I usually yeah. use that. But I wasn't really planning on doing that. But you know, it might be nice to initiate that as like a good point to take a nice little vacation for myself perhaps like <laughs> do the seasons but uh yeah for the most part i do like interviews with guests in certain fields and stuff like that right, okay. um i'm starting to get more serious about um mini series of round tables kind of getting yeah. different perspectives on a, a big topic that interests me oh, so wow, i'm doing good. one I'm in the midst of one right now that I'm calling the witness and it's basically focused on different pathways that humans take to uh, reach a very, to me, similar place or transcendent experience from paranormal to psychedelic to near death experiences, uh, alien encounters, you know, that's just part of the gamut, but it's to give a good you know, gradient, I guess, to Mm. the different, many different ways that we can come to the same kind of perennial philosophy that exists within kind of starts here. And that's my take on it. This kind of using consciousness as the starting point and that, uh, you know, everything is suspect in this three dimension and, and it can kind of all connect on a greater scale. Almost like I've been saying, you know, it does feel like the strings are being pulled a lot of times, but it kind of feels like they're being pulled from outside of the theater, you know? 
from uh, a different dimension, you mean? Something like that. Or maybe yeah. it's just us and it's all illusion or something. You know, I once heard someone say, like, once we realize we are this place, things will go along a lot better. I think that 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 rings true in a lot of ways. Mm. I think uh, part of the problem is most of us are so caught up with our day-to-day life, our daily grind, the uh, responsibilities we have, whether it's via parenting, uh, job, uh, education, all the rest of it. We have so little free time compared to people living like 10,000 years ago. You know, like they reckon hunter-gatherers actually had quite a lot of free time. They got most of the hunting and gathering done, you know, in a few hours in the morning. And then, you know, they got quite a lot of downtime to... Sudoku. Yeah, to do Sudoku, yeah, or Transcendental Meditation, One of the, you know, either either or. Do you see that, those footprints that were um, analysed this week from, was it, yeah. it was in the North America, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I can't remember exactly where. I want to say, I, no, I'm not even going to say because I can't remember. We could look it up real fast, though. I had a feeling because it might have been Ohio, really maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, footprints. Yeah, they found these, uh, <laughs> these footprints were found quite a few years ago, and then uh, they finally done some sort of chemical testing on them. Yeah. New Mexico, I think. New, was it New Mexico? Yeah. New lights. Mexico, which doesn't surprise me. That area of the United States has a lot of old secrets. Yeah. You know, there's um, ancient carvings and structures inside of uh, the Grand Canyon area that have, you know, have been kind of hush-hushed or people are like it's blocked off with construction or you're not allowed back there. But people have taken videos and pictures and stories have been written and stuff like that. That whole area, man. So what do you think of this? What do you think of, of this? Because like, go ahead. Like, what do you guys think of this? story coming out about these footprints well, it makes complete sense to me that the well these footprints they reckon are twenty five thousand years old right okay mm-hmm. um it's like graham hancock says things just keep getting older oh, and he's, he's, the, the story of civilization right, okay. has to be completely um, <clears throat> continuously continuously be you know amended yeah to account for the yeah to account for evidence as it shows up you know it was the same with mm-hmm. gebekli tepe and um, you know, I I've no idea how ancient our civilization or our human race is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, scientific consensus would probably put it somewhere around one hundred and eighty, two hundred thousand years. Yeah. Um, fine. I, it could be a hell of a lot older, though, for all I know. Yeah. Um, and what interests me is these you know, potential cycles of civilizational reset. Yes. And uh, we, in our our modern paradigm, we tend to think of things like technology and civilization as being a linear progression and things just keep getting better and better. And yeah, we, we forget like we had the dark ages in Europe where technology and civilization took a decline. You know, the Mm -hmm. Romans left in this country anyway, the Romans left this, Amazing infrastructure. They had heated central heating in houses yeah. and baths and aqueducts and all this fantastic road network, uh, post, postal service, couriers. Yeah. Everything was there. And then when the Romans left, it all went to shit because we didn't have the skills to maintain it. And, you know, in the in the process of a couple hundred years, we were living in the dark ages. Yeah. You know, and we just forget. Yeah. We forget about that. And we assume that we are the pinnacle and there's never been a civilization that's been as 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 advanced as us, 
Mm. And, you know, maybe there hasn't, maybe there has, I don't know. And what, what sort of evidence are you going to find, you know, from, I don't know, 50,000 years ago? What's going to be left? Right. Scarcely anything. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think there's some evidence out there, but there's, it's really controversial. Um, you know, for instance, are you familiar with Michael Cremo's work with Forbidden History? And he's found, you know, uh, evidence of human remains supposedly in sediment that was 6 million years old, uh, modern human remains. So, wow. and of course he's been discredited in, in most, uh, I would say mainstream ways of, of suggesting he's pseudoscientific, but they don't, they can't discredit him. He's a part of like the international archeological association, you know, all these prestigious places that recognize him as who he is. So it's like, and he's looking at primary archeological data. So, you know, not history books, not archaeology history books, not books in our school systems, nothing like that. It's the the geo, the the archaeologists from a long time ago that were first recording this information, probably before it was corrupted and redacted and et cetera, et cetera, you know? So who knows how many cycles we may have gone through? Because I do like that cyclical idea. Everything else is cyclical. And it goes right back to my idea with consciousness and everything. It's not my idea really, but my perspective on it with, you know, everything is cyclical. It's all the spiral. That's what I like. Yeah. I mean, one <laughs> of the thing that they've stolen from us. One of the rabbit holes I'd like to go down is the role that the Smithsonian's played, particularly in North America when it comes to this. Um, it, mm-hmm. We hinted at it when we had Adam on, the giant guy. Yeah, he did a Adam, little bit, didn't he? Yeah, I've forgotten his surname now. Um, but he was um, he wrote a book about uh, ancient Hebrews coming to North America. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his surname now. But he's, he's been on ancient um, Earth Ancients, I think, and various other shows mm-hmm. like that. I'll, I'll send you his, his contact info anyway. Please do, talking. yeah. Um, but he sort of hinted at the way the Smithsonian may have corrupted the historical record and yeah. were uh, sort of selective with what they would show to not just the general public, but researchers coming in wanting to look at, you know, wanting to do their own first-hand research. You know, the, you, got, you know, I'm, I, that's one thing that concerns me when you read about history and stuff is, is, is uh, how much of this stuff is under lock and key. You know, I'd love to go to somewhere like the Vatican Archives and just see yeah. what's in what's in there, you know. <laughs> what's in there, what tasty bits have they got that they're not letting Joe Public see. Did we Oh no, I was, I was thinking I was dreaming then that we had Jordan Peterson on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but oh, I was trying to figure out if it was if it was something I'd listened to on a Jordan Peterson podcast or right. it was a guest that come in. But I think it was Jordan Peterson who'd been into the Vatican archives for something. He's been in, has he? Well, yeah, Did he, he tell him to tidy the room? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, he might have been a guest that was on there. Yeah, yeah, That's I th- weird. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do more of the sort of alternative history stuff, uh, just to get away from the conspiracies a bit more. Well, um, I think we get to the conspiracy like without needing to get kicked off of every you know social service out there that we have. We don't have to really go that route to expose what's going on, and it, and honestly, I think on a cognitive level, it's a lot more. Oh, what's the right word? Less panicky, less stressful to 
to kind of see how it's always gone rather than what's right in our faces. At least we can kind of maybe approach what's happening currently from a more collected point of view and, and like maybe more mature if we can see it all as this pattern through history of being run by these little infants with giant egos that can't grow up. Cause that's what I think it is now. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced, you know, it's, it's, it's just, mil- it's tons of people that have never done the deep work, right? Root, like convincing millions and millions of other people who also have never been taught to do the deep work, you know, to do what they say and everything. And it's just this horrible cycle. So I think if we go back to the roots of everything is always the better way to kind of get up to speed on what to do next and how to approach these infant parasites that can't grow up you know, and need us desperately to do things for them. So they trick us, try to trick us all the time. You know, where does it come from? You know, yeah. how, do, how did you get into the sort of alternative history stuff? Was there a particular author or a podcast or something that got you interested in the subject? Honestly, it was my psychedelic experiences like 15, 20 years ago. Um, I've ever since then, when there was no online, like endless online communities to get involved with and kind of you know, bounce ideas off of and kind of grow your own personal philosophy within the community. There was none of that back then. And even among friends, I was the only one coming back from my trips completely spiritually blown away. Everyone else was like, that felt great. It looked great. It was funny as hell. That was, that was awesome. What a wild time. It wasn't like that for me. I was you know, I became the Indiana Jones, the <laughs> James Joyce, man. Like it hit me hard. So at that point in my life, I was hooked. So I had to look into, you know, bookstores and who was writing about this. So all my, I found all my dead heroes and it just kept getting further and further and further into the, into the past. And then I found like the stoned ape theory about, oh, you know, right, psychedelics yeah. being part of our evolution and whether that's, I don't, you know, we're not really finding that that's necessarily provable yet, but we are proving that clearly religion and psychedelics have a very, very intimate connection. It seems as though at least the realms that I've gotten to on occasion with psychedelics are clearly the experience that every religion is talking about. And that's when I got into meditation and all these other areas and kind of, you know, that whole line of thinking always brushes up against conspiracy theory and alternative history and things like that you know yeah there's all i've i've done a few books in the last couple of years on that sort of uh, theme of psychedelics and religion so there's there's like marco allegro's books sacred yeah. mushroom in the oh, cross yeah. and uh, there was a really good recent one by brian murray rescue i think he's called murray rescue isn't it yeah, yeah. the immortality yes. key and that was um, that was more well. It's, it was mainly focused on the ancient mystery schools in Greece, uh, and yeah. then how that was, you know, possibly as if the theory is correct, how that was parlayed into early Christianity. But uh, yeah, 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 these sort of transcend um, transcendent experiences seem to have a, a re- you know a, a seriously long history. I'm trying to think of what, yeah. you know, I guess, I mean, I guess like the ayahuasca ceremonies are a continuation of that, aren't they? Yeah, I would say, 
I mean, maybe a, maybe a continuation, but I don't, I don't know the, the roots of ayahuasca, the, the, the cultural roots of it, when anthropologists have talked to Amazonian tribes, they always tell them because the, the fascinating thing about ayahuasca is that it's one part, it's one root of a plant. And then to make the DMT orally active in your system, you have to use an entirely different part of another plant from the Amazon among 50 million different species down there. So when anthropologists would ask them how you ever discovered how you had to brew these things together, they would just say that the plants whispered it to them. So, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, what what's the prosaic explanation? Trial and error. I guess. I mean, yeah. with fifty million yeah. different plants, and I mean, how many of them will be lethal? <laughs> you know, it's like exactly, yeah, dude. And how? Yeah, and how many? How many combinations is that though? That's not just a hundred million. <laughs> no. Trying to trying to put two together. Uh, that, I don't know. That's nuts. Well, I mean, I think I think um, is it what's the um, the compound? It's in it's in lots of plants. Um, That'd be probably DMT, dimethyltryptamine. DMT, I think, is in quite a lot of plants. It's the inhibitor, isn't it? That is the key. Yeah. The the. What the hell is it? Yes, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean inhibitors. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, something, something, science talk, something. <laughs> yeah, oh, my memory's not what it used to be. Have you have you done ayahuasca? I've never done ayahuasca. I've done DMT, but I, I ayahuasca seems to me very similar to what I I got from mushrooms and uh, mescaline. The two. Uh, not that I wouldn't try it. It's just that um, I think the the reports sound very just as positive and just as transformative and, and spiritual. I know there's a lot of people out there that really define the different experiences. And I know some of them are pretty stark, but I think a lot of it sends you to the same part of your head, you know, your experience, because it's really just you. Our brain have our brain has receptors for these chemicals and then these chemicals go in like a lock and key system. So it's just kind of opening a door and allowing the brain to do what it probably would do if we didn't have to maintain our lives. You know what I mean? We're, we're focused like this to survive, but this is what's going on. You know, were you, um, did you like have communication with what was on the other side? Yeah, I did definitely. Um, I don't know what the other side is. I, I it felt like myself, but could have been like a god type part of the brain. Maybe I don't know. I'm not an atheist, but I'm also not religious. I'm kind of just open minded to all of it. You know, very gnostic in that sense. It's it's like this inner gnosis of self or spirit or something like that. I don't know. What, what's your take on? Do you guys have have psychedelics in your history <laughs> um I, I don't know i no. think the more i have kind of looked into it recently the more interested i am in kind of doing it basically simply mm -hmm. because of um a lot of, there's been a, a lot more kind of well scientifically based research i suppose you know in the uk recently and i know in america for the last sort of 20 years there's a guy at john hopkins who's been researching it 
Um, mm-hmm. And mainly in the UK, the one is, is run by Professor Nutt, um, is his name. But basically, he used to be um, the government's advisor on, like, on drugs, wasn't he, and alcohol and things like that. And he got sacked, like, in his first week because... Someone asked him, um, well, you know, what What do you think are the most dangerous drugs? And he went, uh, well, tobacco and, and alcohol. And, and they asked him, well, what what would you do with marijuana? Well, I wouldn't sort of classify it, and, you know, and things like that. So he's immediately sacked by the government, basically. Yeah, um, but, thrown out, of course. Yeah, but what I'm, what, when sort of the things I've read and listened to and all the rest of it, it, it seems like it's a... Um, it seems to reset the brain. That's the kind of the the vibe or the, the sort of the reading I get from it in that what tends to happen is you have like a, um, a kind of a, a, a standard operating of your brain in terms of your thoughts and it can tend to cycle around the same thing. So that would either keep you feeling anxious or depressed. Um, but when you have one of these trips, what it does is it resets that and it gives you a new order of thinking. But what can happen, unfortunately, is about six months or so, it can just go flip back to the old kind of method of thinking, essentially. Mm. Um, so I, I'm quite interested in it from, from that aspect. But also, um, everyone sort of says, like 80% of the people say, who do it under these kind of um, research trials, um, that it's like one of the most, it's either the most... I mean or one of the most um, meaningful experiences in their lives, essentially. Wow. So I, I just find that absolutely mm. fascinating. Yeah, these are trials where aren't they trying to treat people with things like PTSD? All different and, kinds yeah. of things, yeah. Ad- ad- yeah. Addiction. And addiction. Yeah. 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 Depression. Yeah. The one with Professor Nutt was for depression, basically severe and um, enduring depression. So basically was like... using psilocybin? Psilocybin, yeah, so five milligrams. Um Microdosing. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, There's a huge problem here. What's that? You can't patent a naturally occurring Well, chemical. yeah, no, so they'll... they'll no. It's they'll not just, a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll just change thing. it, won't they, won't they? Yeah, no, but it's no good for, you know, Pfizer or anyone like that, you know. No. Um, That's very true. But it, um, it seems to work. That's the thing for a lot of people. Um, and, like, some people, quite a lot of people take it um, who, sorry, the... There was a few stories of people in the research who have been on, tried lots of different kinds of therapies, tried lots of different SSRIs, um, none of it worked, and then they took one dose of psilocybin, and that was it. It was like a light bulb kind of moment, just switched, said, right, everything's going to be okay. The other thing that... That's... that's what, what I was going to... Sorry, going to say was... Yeah, no, um, go ahead. Um, for people who have like a chronic fear of death, so who might be um, terminally ill with cancer, say, and they're absolutely terrified of dying and they're going to die in six months' time, take a dose of psilocybin, um, 80, 90% of them have no fear of death after taking it because they just know that it's going to be okay, essentially. I just find that fascinating. I like that you put it that way because that was when you asked me about contact that's the contact i had i felt like i had the warmest hug i've ever had the most meaningful one ever and the voice was mine and it said everything always has been okay everything always will be okay and everything always is okay Mm. and that was it and and actually recently i've trying to change that 
and I'm trying to turn it into everything has been fucking awesome and everything will be fucking awesome because I'm not going to settle for okay anymore, you know, and none of us should. Yeah. And I think that's the message of psychedelics is to jumpstart something, you know, it's a, it's a lifting off point. I, I think uh, there's a lot of negative about it too, because when things like John Hopkins or, you know, Harvard or these big prestigious places, very connected to all the people we don't like research these things and try to give them to us in a medical format, like we've Mm. kind of wanted all along, it's very suspicious and for good reason. Mm. But I don't think, I want to say this, I don't think the psychedelic experience itself can be manipulated. Mm. You can be manipulated. The mind can be manipulated post, pre, whatever. But the psychedelic experience is, like I said, a lock and key. And you open that door and you have that experience, whether you like it or not, whether they like it or not. So, I mean, I don't like when we distrust psychedelics amidst the government's interest in them. A lot of people fall down that kind of hole where, oh, well, they're pushing LSD back from the 60s. No, they were trying to use the force. You know, the dark side was using the force, man. But I don't want to rely on psychedelics only because I think it's a message you can get here on your own. Because I think after those experiences, I, I had the strongest ability to be able to just go out in the backyard weeks after an experience like that and still like stare for 30 seconds and bring back a lot of the visualization and the meaning that Mm. came with the experience. You know, it's all in here. It just gets locked away. I remember the uh, ego. I remember when we were at school and hearing different anecdotes about psychedelics and stuff. Like there was one, uh, a guy thought it was an orange and peeled himself and died. (laughs) These are stories we were told. Another, Another guy thought it was Superman and jumped off a building. Yeah, yeah, and you get and you get uh, scare stories mm. like with when we're a little bit older about ecstasy and people dying in clubs, mm. and it's not yeah. the MDMA; it's what it's cut with mm. that that was absolutely that, that kills people. Um, but yeah. I wonder you know, how much of that is just uh, sort of schoolboys, uh, like a, what they call it, like an ur- urban myths, or how much of that is actually well government messaging filtering down. I, I believe it can go wrong. In that it can induce, like you can get a drug induced, yeah, psychosis. Because basically, what when you sort of do it, it's, it's completely different. But if you do an MRI scan of someone who's got um, schizophrenia or psychosis, the brain lights up in exactly the same way that it does if you're on if you're on psilocybin, LSD, something like that. So again, mm-hmm. what seems to happen is similarly, like when you've got psychosis or schizophrenia, or whatever. There's kind of like a um, a central operating kind of guy, a homunculus who is in control of everything. <laughs> Man uh, behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, dude. Well, think about it. I yeah. mean, I love phonetics, you know, and the way in wordplay. And so, insane, right? You're yeah. okay in here. Yeah. <laughs> this is another story. <laughs> well, that that's the other thing as well is you know when someone's psychotic, they're they're perceiving it. What they're perceiving is real because that it's all being filtered through your brain and your eyes. And, yeah. and so that is absolutely real 100 percent. it's not re- <laughs> real real but it is real to them do you know what i mean what is real exactly yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's when it's all perceived 
who knows Especially what's out there. We also have modern quantum physics, which I know right now a lot yeah. of us don't trust a lot of scientists, but science itself is still pretty awesome. And I, I don't mm. I don't know about any of these, you know deeper theories about the shape of our earth and all that. But I mean, what we do know about quantum physics, if we can take it at face value is they're kind of showing us that physical reality is not physical. And that's been out there for a long time. And we just kind of brush it off. A lot of people go, Oh, that's creepy and weird. eh." And they just walk away from it and go back to whatever they're doing. But like when you really think about it and you start to understand why that that idea is coming out of science and then you match that with law of attraction or law of assumption or, or, you know, this deep mystical state we can get into. Um, that's why I'm doing this, this mini series, the witness, because it's all about these different, very different experiences, UFOs. What, you know, I don't know. It could all be part of some field of, ourselves that we just aren't seeing and can't understand from this subjective standpoint, Mm. you know, and who knows how deep it goes. Yeah. And there's so many different routes to this sort of state of consciousness, isn't there? There there, there are external, external chemically induced states and Mm. some people use Kundalini yoga. Well, that was what meditation say, sorry. It was like, you know, when people have done these, um, had the trips and stuff, tends to be that afterwards they get into like meditation and things like that and they do it themselves, you know, without having yeah. to, like what you were saying, you know, around sort of just being able to go in the backyard and re-engage exactly. with what you experience, basically. Can these people not oh, just yeah. watch fucking Netflix and be happy with it? <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did for so long. I had to turn a lot of this shit off. Remember when I was saying how like there was no online community? Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, eventually it just was like, all right, I'm going to just go. It's like that meme of Homer going back into the cornfield. <laughs> you know, just like, never mind about anything I said <laughs> for just- a long time. We're sort of distracted to death, aren't we? We're, we're, uh, and, yeah. it's, and it's got so much worse since the advent of the smartphone. I mean, it's... Mm. It, oh, my gosh, there's such a time so And content. Like, the content oh, wars. It. That's the other thing I'm finding. You know, like, the, uh, the, the monthly subscriptions for everything. So, you mm-hmm. know, like, you, you know, Disney, Netflix, the Sky, satellite television here in the UK, HBO mm-hmm. Max, things like that, you know. Yeah, Sky has a lot of cool programs on it usually. Mm. I actually I actually yeah, find them on a number of my channels or whatever I watch, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you watch a lot of documentaries? Yeah, yeah not as much as I should. I don't know. Mm. I I used to. I feel like I'm on information overload currently over the past couple of years. So I mean, it's a lot easier to pace myself on the older stuff. You know, I'll read about ancient language and stuff like that you know where cultures came from right now i'm obsessed with box saga if you guys are familiar with that what's that oh my well we can go into a little bit but it's i'll tell you this it's something that is really hard to just blurt out it you know it's it's a story that comes from finland from a single man that the claims are that it comes from his family and passed down since the beginning of time. And that, <laughs> that his family, that the one that he comes from, which is the Bach family, 
Boxstrom, it becomes, uh, is the first family, the first human family on Earth. And it goes into all sorts of different uh, redirecting history, the uh, even the stuff that we've been learning for the past few years about like Tartaria and things. It's it's this box saga is turning things on its head in ways I really didn't expect it to, because it starts off in a pretty weird way and it makes a lot of big claims, but then on the phonetic level of uh, the root language that they attribute to this Bach saga supposedly is our first language and the coincidences about this language are really, really just fascinating. And to go into it is, is too much. I won't do it here, but I'll definitely send you guys some links that you can look into and hear it from the horse's mouth from these videos. Cause the story's like orally passed down. They only just recently wrote a book and actually, yeah, it's right here for anyone that's interested. The box saga, and uh, oh, cool! There's the uh, Ouroboros there on the cover as well. It's really interesting because it basically rewrites our ideas of even early Egypt and things like that. But it comes from a uh, a Scandinavian origination point. The here, I'll tell you this one part of the saga <laughs> just to just to wet people's appetite. Yeah. So supposedly, this is all based on what the saga suggests is that. A long time ago, the Earth was not rotating on an axis point. It was straight up and down. And because of that, the sun stayed, I guess, prospectively from the North Pole to stay daylight 24-7 up here. And where this North Pole was, was where Helsinki is now. That's the way the story goes. And back then, it was referred to simply as hell or home or completion or balance, heaven, basically. So, and we always talk about inversion in this community and what the Catholic Church has done to a lot of pagan society and heathen society is invert and discredit and all that. So we start right there with hell being a place in the north, not down below. And it's a heaven, not a horrible place. But the ironic part, it is where all these hot springs are and uh, this volcanic action going on in the planet. When the earth falls on its access this story claims that's the first ragnarok <laughs> and we know that we know that from the viking story yeah. and when that happens the whole planet gets covered in, in snow and ice and it freezes over and most people die but up there and they even claim that the gulf stream has something to do with this that's you know comes right over where i live up in the northeast of the united states goes all the way straight over where helsinki would have been up there um kept that one area and all the, the, the volcanic activity kept that area unfrozen or at least to a degree where they were able to survive in caves and underground subterranean cities that they ended up building built building because they claim the saga claims that this period lasted millions of years. So during this period, they referred to this time period as <laughs> alt one tis a-L-T-L-A-N-T-I-S, which translates for them to all land ice. <laughs> and eventually, once this ice melts, that's the second Ragnarok and the Whoa. biblical floods. And then all these tall... Now, remember, they're living underground for millions of years. And the one thing I forgot to mention was the saga suggests that we were all tropical beforehand. 
every race was tropical on the planet until this first Ragnarok. So now, fast forward, they've been living underground for millions of years. Their skin becomes white. Their eyes turn blue. These tall, Nordic, blue-eyed people Ice giants tech, <laughs> with technology that they've been building safely for millions of years to send down to this newly thought out earth with all these surviving people and then we have all these fucking stories about the shiny ones or the white tall nordics or the you know the ones that came to help the nephilim you know, we have yeah all of it dude now i'm there's this, uh, so much more to it, but yeah, this is the same guy who's um, was banging on about autofellatio and uh, yep, and, and how and collecting one's that? own sap and how it, the original uh, way to um, procreate took like twenty two thousand people or something. Yep, same it's guy, right? So Just so we're on the story. same page, yep. <laughs> dude. It's insane, and I I would. It's hard to get into the uh, the language aspect of the story that makes so much sense. How you, they've literally been able to take this root language and trace it like throughout our history and find out where cultures ended up and how names became other names. And it's really creepy. I mean, this guy was either an unbelievable genius mastermind trickster or I don't know. I don't think he can be. I don't think I think there's actually too much that has that that like the actual Finnish lores from that area have in common with what he said. I don't know, man, you guys got to look into it though. It's pretty nuts. And I'm not an expert. I'm just, I want to get people turned onto it so we can suss it out. Cause if it is full of shit, let's find out. But if it's not and <laughs> leading to something like Michael Tessarion, for instance, from unslaved is like he, at one point he was like convinced that the world isn't even ready for this yet, but it needs to come out eventually. By all means, man. I mean, you know, eavesdroppers, read the book or go to boxsaga.info and you can hear all about how Santa came from Finland and before the ice time was the all-father to all people on the planet. And, uh, you know, all your... your, uh, <laughs> that's the crazy. Yeah, so, that, so that's what I attribute. There is that in the mythology, there's this idea that these people had where the, you know, instead of like in the East where they do those, you know, karmic, what, you know, sutra things where they like harness it and they can have, they can be multi-orgasmic without releasing anything. Yeah, like sting. <laughs> right. So yeah, because like the seed is important or whatever. I mean. So in this culture, it's, um, way more primitive, way more ape-like in some ways form of that. Like they're collecting their seed. They're keeping it in themselves by Edging. teaching themselves these yoga meditations. <laughs> oh, and Yeah. It's very you interesting. You need to get that stuff yeah. out, man. It's genuinely not good for you. I, I find that there's, uh, there's, you know, there's truth in every religious story, but there's also the big, what, ridiculous, crazy shit part of it, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's definitely part of that. No wonder it's like 23,000 people to make a baby. They were doing it completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was spider, probably the Spider-Man in. <laughs> saving up. Got lucky that the 22,000th guy missed or whatever. Yeah, and got it in the in the hole, the bullseye. <laughs> and it, 
Yeah, it's Christ. a real, it's a deep, it's a deep well, man. It's really. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> a lot of it is it completely throws you off, and it's like, well, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and other parts, it's like, oh, holy shit! Like linguists are turned on their heads, and they don't know what to do about this. So, you know, they're like, how is this? I don't. We don't understand how this is happening. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're tracing the like roots of the Germanic languages here. It's nuts. Crazy. I remember when I, I read uh, John Marco, like Allegro's stuff, and um, the problem is I just came away with it thinking, well, this is a fascinating idea, but I just don't have the tools to to be able to evaluate it. I'm not a linguist. He's mm. giving all these, you know, trained, you know, scholarly linguists are going over this stuff and trying to make sense of it. What hope fucking I got? Well, that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He, I think that's the thing with his book is, you know, it's all language based, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, I think philology, it depends. Is it called? Philology. Yeah. It yeah. depends how you go into it. I think if you go into it, wanting to believe it, you'll come away believing it. Mm. If, if you go into it, not wanting to believe mm. it, which all his peers yeah, you know, he, was, he, he was yeah. he was ostracized yeah. from the linguistic community for releasing mm. th- those books. Right, mm. you know, so Just obviously like Zachariah Sitchin with all his Sumerian translations. You know, he's still. I had people on my show that have said, "Well, I respected Zachariah a lot, uh, but you know, he got a lot of things wrong, or he mistranslated this, or he may have done this because he kind of fell down his own rabbit hole, this or that." You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe there's good intentions still there for the most part, you know, like this box saga thing. I don't want to say that it has, this is our, this is it. But I think it's a huge, I think, I think it has elements that we need to connect to other things. And that's the whole, that's really the essence of it is that it has a lot of valid information that we need to bring out and suss out and wonder and, and figure out why it's connected to these other things. And because to me, what the box saga, the most interesting thing to me is that it's revealing uh, how our language is actually coded and how it can be, fucked with and manipulated because what the saga suggests is there's like original story to every sound in our alphabet and they have the same alphabet as modern English. And when you look into it, it's like they have their story and how these words evolved and how they changed and who changed them. It's, it's a really interesting way to look at things. And I think it's probably our key to a lot of the ancient things that we have like 90% of it, but we have a lot of linguistic missing parts you know uh yeah (laughs) anything that is is ancient and that has been passed down through oral tradition has value in it outright it has a value from an anthropological point of view from a historical point of view this is the stories that people even if they are just stories Mm. it still has value in the fact that these are stories that people were telling themselves ten thousand years ago from however far back it goes And there, there are yeah. still things that you can derive from that. Even if it's 100% bullshit, it still has value. You can't just right. write mm. things off because there's a bit of a crazy bit here or a crazy bit there. Everything warrants the right attitude yeah. to, to, be, to it being researched. Yeah, because it's just you, the, you, the meaning. Even if it? you only find one or two nuggets here and there. Mm. Well, that's the other thing that we always seem to come back and talk about, isn't it? About how sort of um, it's a closed shop in academia and things and ideas tend to only change generationally yeah the death of a scientist yeah Yeah. the the death of the sort of like the leading author on a particular topic goes and somebody else goes well hang on a minute there's a lot of evidence for this and then the whole thing kind of changes in the discussion around 
Um, yeah, I think it was da- true. Was it David Roll when he was on? He said that ar- archaeology changes at the death of the archaeologist, the pace of the death of each archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, I think a few people have yeah, said well, that so, really, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, people have built careers in a given mm. field. They've yeah. written textbooks, they're teaching from textbooks. And if something comes comes around that, you know, turns that the paradigm that they're living under on its head, yeah, um, they will resist. And, you know, part of me says, well, that's a scientific method. They should resist. Mm. The evidence should be... Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah, the the worry is, is that things are very easily easily dismissed as... You said that you mentioned the word earlier, pseudoscience. Mm. Anything that doesn't fit mm-hmm. the current paradigm, and it's get, and that is getting worse. I mean, it's got worse just over the last eighteen months for mm. different things, you know. Well, and the, then, yeah. but then we also have it go the other way when we have someone like um, Michael Shermer from the Skeptic Society having to publicly apologize to Graham Hancock like last year or something yeah. for, and you know, admitting, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to give your work a second look or whatever, you know. So, and we've had it with know. the uh, the younger Dryas impacts hypothesis as well. Yeah, the cosmic We're, tusk. Yeah, well, we had the cosmic tusk on tusk yeah. on like over a year ago. More, it's about two years he's ago. Great. About now. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but he's since awesome. even since we came here, there have been more of the skeptics have joined the comic research team. Yeah, people yes. who were the people who were growing. The people who were writing papers, trying to they were constantly trying to refute and refute and refute, and eventually just gave up and said. Now, you know, your answer is better than ours. Yeah. We're, go- we're going to, where, where are we going next, lads? Where <laughs> yeah. going? <laughs> but I mean, you know, yeah, amen. Well, no, I think, you know, I think <laughs> at I, least people are prepared to change. That's you know? what I was going to say. That's what we need. We that, need people to be more, mm. more open to change, even if they have, you know, spent a career building a certain. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that says in, a lot about someone, in, doesn't it? It's intimidating, don't you think, that like, the more you uncover, though, the more you find, and the more you change your perspective on these things, the again, the deeper the rabbit hole goes and the deeper mm. archaeologists have to go, you know what I mean? It's like an ever-unfolding process, you know? And I think it's, again, going back to it, maybe just to go within or something because we're constantly searching externally. Yeah. I enjoy it, though. I, lo- I like looking into ancient history. That's one of my, yeah. probably the main... I'm a bit of a, I have a bit of a shotgun approach, to be honest, when it comes to reading. And particularly this year, I've done an experiment this year where I've used a random number generator to pick the next book. Yeah. That's awesome. It is, but I've had some shit ones this year, to be (laughs) fair. (laughs) That would have just stayed on the shelf gathering dust, I think. But I've decided. uh, Can you give give me some examples, man? uh, Well, I've just started today. I've started going clear. The Scientology oh. book by Lawrence Wright. Ooh. I might uh, read that after you finished it. I yeah. watched the documentary. Yeah, I didn't read it. Uh, the one I finished today was um, a Christian apologetic book about Jesus amongst Jesus amongst other gods by Ravi Zacharias. Uh, yeah, so I've had quite a bit of theology. I've had one on Neapolitan ne- ne- Neapolitan Neopol- ice cream, Neapolitan ice cream, and the Neapolitanic wars. I can't even say it. Napoleonic. Napoleonic. War. Napoleonic Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gulag Archipelago. I got this. That was the first one out of the hat this Ooh, year. That one seemed to affect you a lot, the, the Gulag Archipelago. Uh, everyone should read that book. Absolutely everyone. <laughs> and uh, now more than ever. Yeah. yeah. That's a very powerful book. Mm-hmm. And the, the line that's heavily quoted from that book in other books, and it was in the last, it was quoted in the last book I read, 
is that the thin line divided, the thin line dividing good and evil runs through the center of every man's heart. Oh, yes, I've heard that one. Yeah, it's great. And that's from someone who was in the middle of it. He was in the gulag. And uh, you get you get similar themes. I got a similar theme from uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, mm. who was um, a psychologist who was in uh, Auschwitz and uh, wrote a book when he came out, trying to Ooh. sort of analyse the psychology of the guards and the inmates to a lesser extent. What were the motivations? How can how can you take so many seemingly normal people and make them capable of doing the most heinous, the most mm. horrific things? And he, he came to uncomfortable conclusions. Well, the uncomfortable conclusion from, from, for the reader is those guys were no different than us. Mm. And if, if, you know, what makes you think if, if you weren't in that situation that you would have been the guy who stood up and said, no, I won't. Mm. A lot of people will just go along with the crowd. Well, yeah, because the thing is you would have ended up in the, the camp, wouldn't you, basically? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but... You would have. Well, if, dead, it, if uh, enough people had stood up, it wouldn't have well, happened. No, yeah, no. I don't know. Yes. So I'm not sort of excusing it. You know what yeah. I mean? But, but no, that's the reality, isn't it? It's also about our children and the next generation. And mm-hmm. it's like, absolutely. Is it? Is it that again? That egoic inner child that goes, "Well, I don't want my child to live alone, so I'm not going to stand up and I'm going to stay with him and everything. Or is it, mm. is it more heroic to be like, I want to set an example and I will, st- I will die standing for him to understand that, you know, and mm. that's a horrible choice for anyone to have to <laughs> yeah. even think about. I mean, shit, I'm getting choked up even <laughs> thinking about it, man. I don't watch, it's I don't rough. watch a lot of uh, movies anymore, but the, <laughs> there's, a, there's a great movement uh, a moment in the first Avengers movie. And it's when Loki lands on planet Earth mm. and uh, he kills someone and he's outside in a square with a bunch of people and he tells the people to kneel. Mm. And they all kneel apart from one old man. And he, he says some words to the effect of, uh, we don't, I, I won't kneel to a man like you. Mm. Exactly. And fortunately, Iron Man comes in and <laughs> kicks his ass and it, it ends all right. But yeah, you've got to draw always- a line somewhere. I always found Loki to look so care over characterized in that scene too. Like his costume is so obtuse and ridiculous. It looks like a dumb kid's costume you'd find. And like, not that the, they did a great job on those movies, you know, but like just his costume in that scene with the big ridiculous horns. <laughs> and it, it almost just like in a way, like breaking the fourth wall towards the audience that kind of can see it. It's just showing that it's all trickery and it's all theater and it's all Wizard of Oz bullshit. Like it's just a fake god. Like, you know, I know he was a real god, but in my eyes, I don't know. I saw it. I saw this like theatrical clown standing there demanding everyone to kneel. And he had to kill, you know, use his power that isn't his in this staff and prove his power to, to make them kneel i believe before they do yeah. and it's just it's all magic and theater and distraction and misdirection and i think the more we talk about all this kind of shit the less less we pay attention to it in like a subdued kind of way you know we can ignore it and move on with our lives and shit <laughs> how much of it is is just trickery you know where do we draw the line yeah and it's so passive as well you know watch uh, tv mm. um sports movies it's so passive it's just something that 
well, you you're a consumer basically. You're just sort of sitting down and consuming this stuff, and uh, you know, everyone has to sort of come to their own judgment at a certain point in their life where they sort of analyze their behavior and think, what 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 have I just spent the last twenty years doing, man? You know, <laughs> going to watch football that I hate. I remember going to North End and thinking. Like almost wishing them to lose, so that I would I would have something to to moan about at work the next day. You know, <laughs> it's like a, that is that is pretty dark. It <laughs> is, it is. It's like, but you come to a point, you think, no, no more. I'm not doing this shit anymore. I'm I'm just gonna stop. You know, and it's the same with TV. There's so much sort of C grade dross yeah, on there's TV. A lot of you know, there's, there, yeah. there's very little sort of high quality writing or storytelling anymore yeah especially more so in movies because it's all remakes and not only that but it's all cut 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 like there's no acting there's no feeling like you know you watch like i got jaws on right now you watch jaws man and you you listen to robert shaw talk about the uss indianapolis experience and it's like this is now i'm not saying tom hardy could pull that off in a sick reboot <laughs> that that actually might be a cool idea but yeah. i'm just saying like I, it's only done in homage now you know you get a period piece or you get like yeah. a real artsy movie it's not just generally i would love to see an awesome action movie with great acting like i used to see i'm not talking like predator but like as much as i love that but like terminator you know, that movie yeah. right there, Blade Runner, like whatever, yeah. predictive programming be damned. Like these movies had <laughs> incredible acting and storytelling. And I don't know, for me, it did not program me into someone who's just like, oh, that looks like a great future. It programmed me to be ready for it, just like you guys and a lot of other people in our community. So it's like there's a lot of value in that rich, well-developed storytelling that, yeah, it's you, you guys like hit it on the head. It's like lacking that kind of feeling. It's all reboots and shit these days. You know? Yeah, there doesn't seem to be much depth depth to the to the movies. <clears throat> Not the ones that I've seen recently, well, but... I've seen. I've seen yeah. I saw. I watched a, a, good, a good film last night. Actually, called Predator. The, <laughs> yeah, Predator Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's called. It, yeah. <laughs> it's called The Green Knight. So I'd watch that. Oh, it's about the Holy Grail. Um, I'd, it's some 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 kind of Arthurian. Yeah, the Green Knight. Yeah. Um, tale. It'd be based I guess. on uh, Thomas Mallory, probably. I don't know. He I, I, said at the beginning, but I couldn't. It, it flashed up too quickly for oh, me. Is it Wolfram von Eschenbach? It was called Gruar. Gruar, the main guy in it. Right. Um, yeah, Gruer, like, something like that. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, I haven't heard of that though. And a tree comes in, and it's on Amazon Prime. If you've got <laughs> Amazon Prime, and uh, and says, uh, I, I, "You have to battle me," or something like that. <laughs> And like they say, who's going to battle me? And then this guy goes forward and he battle and like he chops his head off. He says, right, in a year's time, I'm going to do, you. Uh, you have, we have to engage in combat and I will strike you the same way you struck me in a year's time, basically. Shit. And he chopped his head off, basically. So spoiler alert. So, um, but it's really nice. good. I, I I thought that was, a, a, it, <laughs> it was given two and a half stars on Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> but I thought that, was, I thought it was an excellent film. It looks really Sometimes looks really they nice. Slip through the cracks. Yeah, it looks really nice, and it's got a lot, a lot of meaning in it. I think. Cool. I saw a pretty, really rad movie. I would totally recommend to you guys. I'll just I, 
shameless plug, right? This cool movie that came out years ago. I just saw it the other little while ago called um, Coherence. And it's like, it's really an interesting story because it's the writers decided that they should just star in the movie because no one else was going to pull it off the way they did it if they couldn't portray it to actors. So they just did it. And it's the most realistic, like human conversations in a movie I've ever seen. Like, if you guys are familiar with that Primer movie about time travel, I don't know if you've seen that weird little obscure I've, film. I've That's heard, another one yeah, where, like, the acting yeah. is very, very accurate. But Coherence, check that out because it's it's it all fucks with, like, time right. and uh, our perception of it. And it's really interesting. Not that we're a movie review podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> I, was trying, cool I always try and slip a little bit of movie, movie reviewing in. To yeah, when podcast. you find a good one these days, yeah, it's worth talking about. Yeah, you can't find them though. That's mm. the problem. It's... Well, I, I, I'll name another one that I've enjoyed <laughs> in the last few weeks. It's called, it's called The Father with Anthony Hopkins. He won his Oscar for it. That's a great film. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a brilliant film. <laughs> there you go. Those two. You just look it in the wrong places, man. You're not going to find it in fucking Marvel. I'm not even looking. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm not looking for a film to watch ever, ever. <laughs> yeah. But that's the issue, isn't it? No. Yeah. I can't do Marvel. I mean, I, I did a little bit. I watched the Avengers and they were fun, but I, I just, I don't know. I watched Loki because I knew there was going to be fucking tons of symbolism in it. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's just all. Yeah. What's it? Uh, yeah. Oh, that had uh, your man in from uh, Jack and Sarah. Loki. What? <laughs> <Say> what? <laughs> Do you not remember? The guy, the guy from uh, With Nell and I. Yeah. Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Oh. <laughs> he played Loki from an alternative it's universe. Thomas Terry. Jeez. I've not watched Oh, that's him. right. Yes, he did. Yeah, there was a few alternate Lokis. It was, it was curious, but whatever. Enough about Disney stuff. Oh, Disney is Satan. So what have you guys been digging into lately in your Oh my god, you broke you're breaking up a bit. Yeah. I got some internet. No, last time you last oh, time no. you, swi- you switched something off. I switched something off. What yeah. the, the laptop. No, <laughs> I don't some, think that'll work. There was something running in the background and it improved the uh Oh I can't remember. This is weeks ago. Audio. Coming in real good. Oh. I don't know what it is then. <laughs> I turned something off. Yeah, it was like a few weeks ago. Oh, when you when the system oh, resources were low. Minimise that window. I've well, que- queued it. The yeah, talk now, Andy. No, it's fine. All right, fine. Yeah, we got rid of it. Check, check. There check. we go. You see that I, all the way through. Checkity check. Yeah, <sighs> we've just yeah we're just just gone over an hour, <laughs> and now we've, we've finally <laughs> sorted it out. I just sorted the audio. <laughs> There's always I'm, some issue with live, man. That I've, always happens. I've decided that next year I'm going to hyper focus on what I'm going to research rather than the Ooh. shotgun approach. I'm going to pick. Two subjects, one esoteric. One for six six months each. No, one esoteric and oh. one exoteric and alternate. No, sexy. Yeah, sexy. Good yeah. idea. So I'm Come not... I'm, gambit. I'm thinking at the moment, I'm thinking ancient Rome and the Holy Grail. I think you've read everything about the ancient Rome though, haven't you? <laughs> no. 
There's like a million. That, like a top, that's, that sounds more like a topic and then a subtopic instead of two separate things. But yeah, okay, no, exoteric and esoteric. Yeah, I see it. So, I mean, yeah, that is pretty intense. When, when it comes to the Holy Grail, I mean, you, you could go back to the original sources, the, the Grail romances, and then you can go into King Arthur as well. Or Gnostic stuff, the Gnostic texts, the... Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of scope when it comes to King Arthur and the Holy Grail. And yeah, Rome, don't they say like, he's a myth or maybe not real or something like that? I have never looked into him. It's a controversial <laughs> thing. I mean, the, the story... I mean, there was a great book um, by two Welsh scholars. Mm. I can't remember the names now, but they, they went into sort of the history of the myth and how it was passed down in an oral tradition by Welsh bards, these Welsh guys who would sing these songs about King Arthur. And uh, that's where it seems a lot of the mythology comes from, from North Wales, from Gwynedd and uh, Anglesey and around that sort of area. Um, so it's just a fascinating subject. I mean, mm. the the problem is, is trying to root it in historical fact, isn't it? Because... Mm. They can find archaeological archaeological evidence of a battle at, at, at you know wherever, but how do you attribute mm-hmm. it to certain people in history? Is is very difficult mm. if you don't have writing extant writing, and, and all this mm-hmm. is passed down orally because it's the dark ages. It's yeah. like we said, it's when the Romans had left, and we forgot how to do everything <laughs> in this country. <laughs> so yeah, I run into that problem in a similar way with like ancient Babylon and Sumer and stuff mm. like that. When they talk about this Anunnaki that, I mean, there's roots of this Anunnaki word that means basically the same thing everywhere. They, they find a word in, I can't remember what it is, but in Gaelic in, in that region of the world, it, it talks about this similar idea of these helper gods or whatever it was, could have just been these humans you know from the north or something but yeah. whatever it was it's like there's also so much astrological connection to these characters that are written about even to babylon and sumer so a lot of times when you get into like astro theology it feels like you're completely explaining all of these characters away yeah. entirely yeah. into mythology and it but then there's physical evidence of like, oh, look, yeah, this political system went here and here. This name kind of turned into this name and went here and here and crossed the oceans. And so it's weird when you have this symbolism, but then you also have some physical, physical evidence, yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. And textual evidence, you know, when it comes to someone like J- the big JC. Yeah. You know, we have non Christian textual evidence you know from mm-hmm. jo- Josephus and um Pliny the Pliny the, the younger who is the younger or the elder I think it's the younger who wrote a letter uh mentioning the Christians at this point in time you know mm-hmm. so you know if you've got multiple sources mm. you know it's it's kind of alluring the astrotheological astrotheological argument that these you know the son of god well he was the sun god it's the sun it's a uh, Mm. You know, it's it's uh, just the embodiment of a myth. But, uh, yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm, not buy- <laughs> I'm just not buying it. Going back to the King Arthur, next week, um, Edmund Marriage is coming next week. 
Big marriage. Big marriage with a full-on presentation. Oh, and yes. this is this links back because he's going to tell us about how um, Jesus and Thomas Didymus <laughs> went to the east. Thomas Didymus? Yeah, Thomas went to India. <laughs> he was the, uh, well, supposedly the first missionary, Christian missionary to India. Okay. And then they circle back, circle back and end up in the UK. Get the fuck out. Yeah, and this ties in with Joseph of Arimathea coming to the UK and Glastonbury Abbey and the oh. Holy Grail and all the rest of it. Oh, right. Is wow. this is like the Holy Grail doing the tour or something? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Came to like Glastonbury. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to find out more next week on that. Yeah, that sounds I reckon. Good. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's been uh, rad talking to you, dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're gonna Enjoy have to uh, we're gonna have to fuck off into the night. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's like tea time there. You're gonna have your dinner soon, are you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's early here. It's still a nice day. I still got work to do. Well, oh, well, it's been groovy, Andy. It's been nice to meet you. We'll yeah, let you cheers. go. Mm. Likewise, likewise. I hope to talk to you guys again. Probably get you on like some cool roundtable all about these ancient topics, man. <laughs> I would love to do one about the Holy Grail. That would be sick. Yeah. Absolutely. Round yeah. table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a round table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Knights of oh, the Round Table. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we dance whenever able. <laughs> yeah. All right, Andy. We'll sign off. Stay on the line for us for one minute. That's why we play the uh, play ourselves out. We'll catch you on the flip side, part two. Ta-ra! See ya. Okay, that's it. Don, do you want to stop the stream? Yes. Oh, that's cool, Andy. Yeah. Recording nice to meet you. Awesome, guys. Nice to yeah, meet you man. guys, too. Mm. Yeah. Whereabouts are you exactly? Northwest, uh, Lancashire. Northwest? Yeah, so like 30, 40 miles from Manchester in the northwest. Mm. All right, cool, cool, Preston. man. Me and Phil live in Preston, and uh, Ben lives near Blackburn. So nice. Lancashire. Nice. God's, I'm over in God's Massachusetts, country. one oh. of the first places we came to over here. And it's, yeah. I swear, one of the most corrupt, and it's going to be one of the most corrupt. I'm trying to get the fuck out of this state right now. Really? Head north head north to New Hampshire, because they're trying to repeal the whole fucking government right now. I don't know how really? successful they're going to be, but we'll find out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, a bunch of us podcasters in this area too. So we're gonna. I'm trying to like, Uh, come on, let's all (laughs) head on up. You know. Yeah, we maybe someday. We can't believe how it's gone, like with the The vaccination, the federal federal mandates and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's wild. Absolutely wild. Uh, In America as well, you know. Yeah, that's where I find land of the free. Yeah, yeah. yeah, find that. Just whoever told you that is your enemy. Oh, Dude, but of course they're raging on behalf of the system now those guys those rage against the machine boys yeah. and half of my generation here man everybody that was like fucking bush knocked out of the towers <laughs> you know eventually eventually oh, they just went oh good the democrats don't like bush either <laughs> oh shit they're all in bed together oh let's just look this way <laughs> it's so fucked up man but yeah. uh, anyway. it's hard to remain positive sometimes yeah. <laughs> but we're well, trying yeah that's all you can do andy yeah. Anyway, Hell yeah, man. We'll let Take you go. Easy, I'll uh, I'll send you um I'll send you the MP3 tomorrow if you want with our full 
Basically, we, we, we're going to do, we're going to go for a piss and then we'll do the, the topical <laughs> section where we go through the news and stuff. So I might as well send nice, you the nice. whole thing. And we're, sure, we're, yeah, uh, I'd love to hear the whole thing. We're, we're open source, value for value. So you do it, anything you want with it, whatever you want with it. Absolutely, man. Cool. Okay, dude. buddy. Yeah. Well, take it easy. See you in a bit. Yeah, nice to meet you. Bye bye. Gone, gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh, fuck. Boom. Who's gone? thing that minimize that window yeah okay dude that box saga is is mental there's a contact on the um on the website mm-hmm. for someone should be interesting <coughs> what yeah it was very it was unclear where that had come from like was it just from one crazy man called bock yeah i know we were saying about how these things you know they've been talking about them for years and we should you know pay them cream yeah. or whatever I think this kind of arose in 1950, so it's, yeah. it's not really that ancient. So it's like Scientology. Yeah, but with more... More, more jizz. Blowing oneself. Yeah. There was jizz in oh that... Oh, my God, there's pictures. There was jizz in um, The Green Knight last night as well. He like He jizzes. Yeah, he jizzes. He looks at it. I was going to watch that last night, but um, I watched the Super Mario Brothers film from 1993. Oh, God. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been able, I've ever watched that. I think I've seen no, it. I turned, and I've turned it off. It was on Channel 5. It's, oh, it's so bad. So bad. Is it Bob Hoskins as Mario? It is. Yeah, Bob Hoskins, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this guy plays King Cooper, someone famous. Oh, I don't know. And then some, some other famous people. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed The Green Knight. I mean, I could understand why people would give it two and a half stars because it's a bit kind of what the fuck's going on but i liked that about it because it was just it was just weird it's a very like that um what's that guy called i've got my brain is it's just not working at the moment you got Um, covid brain yeah non-covid brain fog yeah so um yeah whatever that is uh it's the guy and his like hands with eyes in the director. Oh, Guillermo Pan's del Labyrinth. Toro. Yeah, was it a bit like Pan's Labyrinth in its weirdness? Yeah, that's probably one. When mm. I saw the trailer for it, I thought, oh, that looks a bit like Pan's Labyrinth, that. Right. Um, and it is a bit like that. Um, but it was good. It's like two. Is it tied to the Grail, Grail legend? Because it's Sigawain and the Green Knight, isn't it? The poem that it was. Oh, it I was don't based know. On. I, I've not. I've, I, I've, um, is that what it's based on? Have you looked it up or something? Or did you yeah, know well, I thought everyone knew that. <laughs> Sigawain and the Green Knight. It's, it's Chaucer or one of his... Um, no, I don't know. There's, I, it might have been Chaucer that came up, but it was in, like, scrolly writing, and it went up, and I couldn't read it properly. It might have been a, a story based okay. on Chaucer's whatever, if it was, mm. if that's a thing. Um, but no, I don't... I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. no one knows who the author is, but they think it was one of either Chaucer or one of his um, contemporaries. Right. Well, yeah, and it... Uh, so yeah, like Arthur's old in it, and the mm. knights are older of the Round Table, and then he's like this. He's, it begins with a, a G. Um, Gawain. I don't know if it's Gawain. It's like Gawain. It's Gawain. 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 Maybe they're just pronouncing it differently. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we've been pronouncing it wrong in our modern tongue. But I thought, Stick yeah, one. and I'm surprised. It, well, I'm not surprised actually. It, it, it didn't, I don't think it got a theatrical release. No, um, 
Let's have a look at the see what the people's score is on Rotten Tomatoes. Is so, that um Oh uh, no. <laughs> the the, Zero. Aud- the audience score is forty nine, but the Whoa. the reviewer score is eighty nine. Oh right, split. Yeah, Seven so I could, split. I could see why a, a like a filmy <laughs> would like it. It is <coughs> it is Gawain Gawan. I think they call, they pronounce it Gawan. Um, oh, that'll annoy me. Um, so it's G A W A W A I N I N. Yeah, not Gawain Gawan. I think they say. Go um and then like go away does winifred winifred the uh saint winifred she so i assume she's the lady in the, the lake lady. spoiler alert. Uh, that was um it was the lady in the lake guinevere i don't know not winifred i don't know merlin's in it but he doesn't really get called by name you just guess it um it it's the bearded guy barry Kean's in it. Barry Kean? Yeah. <laughs> the footballer. I assume there's a footballer called Barry Kean. Um and Joel Edgerton, probably the other person. Alicia Vikander, who you know the the only the only rubbish bit in it was um Alicia Vikander trying trying to do a northern accent. It's Ooh. it's awful. She's Tomb Raider, the latest Tomb Raider. Oh yeah. Um, the woke Tomb Raider. Was it woke? I think hasn't Tomb Raider always been seems woke? Like po- seems like a popular thing to say. Hasn't t- Tomb Raider been woke since um, nineteen ninety seven? Yeah, probably <laughs> square boobs. <laughs> Kate Dickey, she was like the mad the mad one off um, Game of Thrones. She's Guinevere. All right, yeah, she's Guinevere. Um, Morgan Le Fay. She Morgan like, Le Fay's a character, right? She was a, like a witch. Yeah, she's a witch. She's a witch, isn't it? Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. It's quite nice. long. I'll, I'll watch it. I think it was over two hours. So, and I, I, I did close my eyes a few times towards the end. But it was I've been reading while I've been ill. Uh, there's a good book called The Hail Mary Project by Andy Weir. Who wrote The Martian? Oh right, <coughs> what's, is that is that a is that a novel or a? Yeah, a novel. Yeah. All oh, right. And what's it about? What does what's the Hail Hail Mary project? Uh, it's, it starts out and uh, it, it would make again. It would make a great film, I think, because it starts out and this guy wakes up in a in like a a white room. Doesn't know where he is. Um. <laughs> anyway, turns out he's on a spaceship. Spoiler alert. Uh. So. The the whole kind of premise of it is there's some weird, like nebulous energy that that people have spotted uh, in the sky, astronomers, and it's it's kind of sapping energy from the sun, <laughs> right. uh, and it turns out it's these weird um, like astro bacteria sort of things that they call astrophage, and they they can store huge amounts of energy, mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately the 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 sun is getting dimmer by like one percent every year or something. So it's uh, fine, has isn't it? Twenty years. Well, twenty years before it's like ice age, and then have you been off work all that then? Sort of stuff, so. No, I started reading it on Friday. Oh, right. okay. So <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, it's good. That's yeah, good. I might ask for it for my birthday. 
I asked for one about. Um, I've not even read any of the books I got for my, for Christmas and my birthday last year, though. <sighs> no, have you got Audible still? I never had it. Ever? Oh no, oh, Phil had it. Probably got it on that. Looks like Phil's anxious to get going. Look at him. Yeah, he's no. sweating. Yeah, sweaty palms. I have nowhere to be. His hands. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> How many pages of notes have you got? I've only got like four items or five items. Oh. One, one of them's a, a, a news story, and that's why it's long. Oh, right. okay. We don't need to do that. Smash through it. I've got a, I've got a, uh, a an admin point. I'd just like to say I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in uh, taking a, an alternate history direction, Phil. When you said that, yeah, we've got that next week. Yeah, I just well, have to find people. Really ben. Find people and just book them. Book them. Oh yeah. But box box them in. We could get the a box guy from boxsaga.info. I've done um I've done some basic searching for someone to come and talk about ancient Sumer. Yeah, I'd like someone on Nordic mythology. But you Nordic. know I haven't really got anywhere with that one. I think that would be good. Well, I'll, I'll try and find a Nordic guy. Yeah, I think that would be good. You would think there'd be like someone at the University of East Anglia. <laughs> it did like Nordic gods or, you know, like somewhere like that. Is that our go-to? Our go-to institution? Yeah. <laughs> climate Gate. That's where Climate Gate came from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it? Uh... East Anglia, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, let's do this so I can go to bed. Starting streaming now. Right then, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That was our chat with Andy from the Deep Share. It was deep, man. Good. It was deep. Nice guy. It's a yeah. nice. I like he the was. name. Yeah, that was a good. It's a good name. He's got a good voice. Good background. What else do you want? Yeah, it's sexy, isn't it? It's hot. I won't go that far. The Deep <laughs> Share. Deep Share. Um, he's got the same oil radiator that you have as well. With what's wow. not in here anymore. I can't see it anyway. So uh, check out Andy's uh, show and subscribe the fuck out of it. Yeah, so sub, I'll, sub and like. Yeah, I'll put the links in the in the show notes as always. And uh, yeah, I have to get him in our Discord. He can come and join our join us, join us, yeah. <laughs> like on Toy Story. Uh, I don't know, I'm not saying it. Join us. You never seen Toy Story? Oh, aliens. Oh, he doesn't watch TV, kids nor, film, nor do yeah. films. Um, it's quite. It's quite a lot of meaning to be derived from Toy Story, actually. Film. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, like Pinocchio, Jordan Peterson's favorite film. Matt, what's in it? From a Jordan Peterson the file. Michael B. Jordan B. Peterson. Now I've listened to five of his podcasts. Oh gosh, in a row. How tidy is your room now? It's the same. My 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 side of the bed is always tidy. It's the <gasps> other side. The it's just horrific. Side. The dark side. Yeah. And yang. I just don't go around there. Oh, I'm too weak. <laughs> don't kill me, please. Um, yeah, so like what she says when you tell her to tidy your room. No, she just tells me to fuck off, doesn't she? Obviously. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, check out the links and uh, subscribe to the deep share. Let's move on. Let's rattle through some housekeeping. Yeah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> Move your teacher out of it! 
Oh, fuck. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value thus. There are a myriad of ways. Yes. Word of mouth is uh, my favorite way. You know, follow us on all the social medias and, you know, spread your links around. If you know someone who listens to podcasts who might be interested, share a link with them. Mm. You know, word of mouth is the best form. Of uh, advertising. I like people when they send us um, artwork. Does anyone know how many pixels it is? 1,400? <laughs> yes. Between 1,400 and 3,000 pixels squared. squared. It has to be a square. Oh. We got some artwork from Helen of the Discord. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. Thank you, Helen. Not square. square. Not square. Oh. Um, useless. <laughs> can you not like, can you not... I printed it out and burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sign up, uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel if you want to see how the sausage is made, or even better, the Odyssey channel, mm. where you'll get the full video that YouTube or them tube, them tube won't allow. <laughs> um, and you can uh, you can earn a bit of crypto as well while you're watching, which is great. Leave a review mm. on iTunes, um, or if you leave a review on a, a different platform, forward it to us. We'll read out reviews if they're nice. That's part of the. Uh, Part of the oh, we'll read them out if they're nasty, surely. I don't want to encourage nasty reviews, Irish Ben. Oh. Fuck's sake. Well, no publicity is bad publicity or something. <laughs> um, go to the Irish loot chest. Link in the show notes for that and get yeah. your uh, literally a communist hoodie or your current grape T-shirt or your official mug. Uh, join the Discord. Mm. There's an invite link in the show notes if you want to join our, our fledgling Discord server. Uh, that's yeah. the best place to send us the show artwork, <laughs> uh, memes for Instagram. You yeah. can request a birthday shout out, guest suggestions, focus chi requests, jingle requests, oh, yeah. corrections. Yeah, and focus chi requests. We have a thread for that as well. I believe we have had a request, haven't we? Yeah. Yep. Um, why would you want a focus chi request? Um, maybe you're you've got an exam coming up, or a driving test. Yeah, that's a good one. Or you know, one of your testicles is you know swollen or something, and De- you've depleted chi. Depleted chi. Yeah. For for a health issue. Yeah. You need some help in that regard. Yeah. Um. Maybe you have to give a big presentation at the office, and you're nervous and anxious. Yeah. Maybe you have an essay to write, and you keep putting it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finished it. Oh, he's done it. Hallelujah. I finished it Hallelujah. Yeah, so there, there are lots of uh, ways you can request chi, and we as a community will facilitate that, and we will focus our chi in your direction for your need. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to become a producer? Coins. Toss a coin to your witcher. Absolutely. Do it for the lads. 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 <laughs> Because, you know, oh, we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. Exactly, yeah. Go to uh, thearmistinquisition.com, find the PayPal button there. You can give us a one-off, sign up for a monthly. Yeah. Or if you donate £50 and over, you will be granted executive producer status. For life. For that episode. For life, though. You forever oh yeah. Episode, yeah yeah you'll be forever the ep- executive producer of episode 201 exactly yeah yeah that looks great on your curriculum vitae or you know linkedin mm. these days absolutely philip yeah i uh, got a review this week 
this is from Chicken seven 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 via Apple Podcasts. Oh, he's the is one that, that we seven won. Sevens? Seven seven. I think that's cold. Apple Podcasts as well review. Cold. This is like the primo review. Yeah, short but sweet. Yeah. Title: A Breath of Fresh Air. <laughs> review: <laughs> Look forward to this show. <laughs> wow, I love it. That's you all know. you need to that's say, though, need. isn't it? Well, you know, it's, they look forward to it. You know, this this chicken obviously has an economy of words. He's yeah. somewhat laconic in his dialectical. Oh, we had a conversation about this, didn't we? Uh, oh, how dare you assume their gender, Phil? For one, and also, is the, is the review a call to arms, like a command, or is it is it something? Are they saying that they look forward to it? Or is it look forward to this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Look forward to this show. Yeah, it should have an exclamation mark at the end. Yeah. So it's instructional. <laughs> I think it is an instruction. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Chicken Seven Sevens. That was uh, it's a good review. Yeah, I enjoyed that yeah. one. Yeah. Got a new uh, hinted Focus Chi request. Uh, spe- speaking of the Focus Chi, I was a bit disappointed. I was listening <laughs> to Trigonometry this week. Yeah. And they had Brett Weinstein. <laughs> Brett Weinstein, the uh, evolutionary biologist. I think that's his. I don't know specialty. And his wife Heather Haying, talking oh, yes. about um, well about evolution basically. And uh, he threw shade on our chi, our chi request system. Listen, it may be that acupuncture works for uh, reasons we don't yet know, but chi is a myth. You know, very likely that it is. Very likely. So he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't completely uh, yeah. rule it out. Does exactly. He? Yeah. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got some requests. Uh, Rick from the Big Conspire. Uh, in quotes, can we focus Chi on exposing the Matrix for what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. I thought he meant the film. And uh, he didn't ask for it, but Lee Lee from the Big Conspire's dog was poorly recently, so uh, I think maybe Lee's dog. Would benefit for, for <coughs> would benefit from some focus chi. Okay. So shall we facilitate that? Yeah. Okay. Eyes down, looking. Ready? I'm supposed to look down. Three, two, one. Focus. Coming now. So I hope that helps. I hope we can prove Brett wrong. Yeah, in his, in his uh, salacious assertion that focus chi is a complete waste of time. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the placebo effect is the uh, least understood and the most effective effect in the world. Exactly. I'm people saying that. have been focusing chi for thousands of years. Phil. It's yeah. only like how long have we been, you know, poo pooing it as a as a society. Yeah, not long, I would say. A recent development. Mm. So we shall see. This is an experiment. It's a live experiment. <laughs> yeah. There is no control. <laughs> there is no endpoints. <laughs> you know, it's just, a, a, you it. know, I, I'm confident. In and, uh, the... The power the, of chi. The effectiveness. We're, say, we're talking about like 95% effectiveness, aren't we, with our chi requests? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because we wrote the study. <laughs> so it's 95% effective. Yeah. yeah. Um, birthday shout outs. Oh. 
God, yeah. God, we're big hitting. The wife of Nomi Nosnoj is, oh. th- is oh, what's her age? Is her 52. <laughs> <laughs> the wife of Nomi Nosnoj is, uh, has a birthday today. Oh. And, Happy uh, birthday, Nomi Nosnoj's wife. Oh, fuck. Hmm. Happy birthday, huge anus. <laughs> and uh, Mark Humphreys, Humps as well. Oh. Mark oh, Humps. Yeah. Mark Humps. Well, uh, he must be our age, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, his birthday is on Thursday, the 30th of September. So happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, huge anus. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well done. Yeah. I think that's nearly all the housekeeping done. I think all, we have, all that's left for us to do is to thank the producers for episode 201. Go on then. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time to big up the man Dems. Yo. Oh, we have producers for episode 201. Rona Kesson, Zach Topia, Mostly Business, Helen from Berkshire, Slicko, Lee and Rick from The Big Conspire, Nomi Nos Nosh, Chicken 777777777, and Anonymous. You're so amazing. You are so amazing in your they love. Are. Yeah. So amazing. Love, literally. literally. The best mate. The best mate. Fucking vegan. The dwarf. The carrot. The grape. The cunt. The communist. The homophobe. The misogynist. The cripple and the It's a long oh. press. Shall we move so on then? Inhale. <coughs> Let's move, move on. on, yeah. COVID-19 news. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating. Mode like. It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. And of course, we're getting bored and we want to have fun. But I can't say if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Got sent this story from producer Zachtopia this week, who is an Aussie in the UK. <coughs> and obviously, mm. uh, it seems like he's taken an interest in events, particularly in, in the QLD <laughs> in Queensland, where they're going a bit fucking natter like. <laughs> In uh, Melbourne, so here we go. Here's the uh, yeah, it's about the uh, Queensland Police vaccination mandate. Queensland police officers have been issued a blunt ultimatum take the jab within two weeks or face suspension without pay. The move has outraged some serving and former officers. A new police union is even being contemplated to fight the vaccine mandate. They're trained to take orders. But for some, men and women in blue, forced vaccinations are something they simply can't stand for. They're being told within two weeks they could be suspended without pay, which is a ridiculous overreach. 
The Commissioner emailing from 5 October 2021 an employee who refuses to follow the direction will be provided with seven days to state why suspension without pay should not be implemented. Phil Nataro was an officer for more than three decades. He's well known within the service, having been on the union executive. I honestly think that the police service could lose up to 10% of their members. Serving police officers can't speak to media without approval, but they are venting their anger in closed chat groups. Katerina Carroll, you have betrayed and failed your officers and the people of Queensland. The officer the QPS wants me to be right now is not what I signed up for. I live in a state of panic. I just find it so fucking ironic. For the last year, these police officers have been fucking brutalising the citizens of Melbourne, smashing windows and dragging people out of cars, battering old women and spraying them with foam in their eyes. And it's like the government has said, right, well, you're going to have to get vaccinated, uh, otherwise you're going to lose your jobs. And the police are now like, what, what, us? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were on the same side. (laughs) No, no. So the people who've been protesting for the last year mm. about government overreach and the police have been battering them. Mm. It's like, can you not see where this comes from? Yeah. It's quite an interesting uh, way of viewing it. I mean, the other thing as well is, 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 is it... I would say that sort of Australia would be a country that I, in my mind, would go down the route of mandatory vaccination for everyone. Have they already done that or not? No. 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 But, I, yeah, for some reason I get the vibe that they might do that. Well, I mean, if you're going to fire rubber bullets at your own citizens... Yeah. You know. It's shocking. I saw a video this week. There's been loads coming out in the last couple of weeks, but there's one, this woman who's about 70 years old, 65, 70, and a police officer comes up to it, comes up to her and just, Shoves her like that on the floor, can out with this like it's like foam spray, just point blank in the face, walks off. What the fuck? It's what, like, what was the all about? What was she doing? Protesting? Uh, you not heard there's a pandemic? <laughs> Are you disobeying the public health orders, mate? Oh, to, to, Do you want to get fucked up? Was she not staying at home or something? You can't leave. You can't leave your house. That's what I mean. So is that why she got foamed? Or is it because... We've got to stay indoors. Right, okay. Stay indoors. You can't protest. Yeah. There was a thing this week, the media in Australia are kicking off now because the government in Melbourne um, they contacted like the aerospace <laughs> uh, authority yeah. and, told, and said uh, restricted airspace over Melbourne. No uh, press helicopters. You can't even get any outside kind of view on what's going on. Channel 9, so Channel 9, uh, uh, ABC, is it? I don't know. Australian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, uh, Sky News Australia, they all took them to court, federal court, to have it lifted. They were banning the media from reporting on the protests. Oh, right, I see, I see. They weren't allowing the the eye in the sky to show... Tell yeah. people what's going on. And how many people are on the streets kind of thing. The stories that they were in contact with Facebook and they were telling Facebook to stop live streaming in Australia. I imagine that's true. Yeah, you know, it's just, um, it's a very dangerous precedent, precedent to set this. Yeah. 
you know, they've uh, they've really gone fucking nuts. <laughs> gone fucking nuts down there. It's, it's, a lot of the stories seem to be about Queensland, don't they, in terms of the uh, how draconian the, the rules are. So I'm just wondering, you know, what's it like in Darwin? I don't know. That's what I mean. And that's the only other, that's the only other state I can think of. It's the most populous area. New South Wales? Know. What's it like in New South Wales? Come on. Antipodean listeners. Yeah. Contact us. Let us know. Furnish us with your knowledge. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, we've had this insulate Britain thing going on. This is funny. Have you seen the uh, the guy on uh, Good Morning? Was it called Good Morning Britain? It's called Good Morning Britain, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Where he stormed off. Yeah. Did you see it? Oh, let's well, it. I just read the headline. That's all I needed. I don't understand how this helps your cause. And that's because Susanna and. You know, you're an intelligent journalist, right? Yeah. And you haven't understood what I said last week about what we do in the next three to four years will determine the future of no, humanity. No, I understand it. I'm no, asking about no, those pictures. How is that helping your cause? If you understood it, you might start to understand that a little bit more. And, you know, and a bit of mansplaining coming here. Oh, no. Yeah, just try not to be so patronising when you're talking to me. OK, I understand. No, it's, it's not I'm about patronising. No, it it's is. The truth. Sorry, your tone is patronising. It's the truth. They're okay. right. The We're the, right. The, OK. The pile up the we... Madeley. Madeley's coming Oh, here we go. Partridge. <laughs> Richard Madeley's coming to Susanna's rescue. She's going to wade in. Place behind Richard. your demonstrators four days ago. Richard, we're right. We've been writing letters for 30 years. It's not a hypothetical accident. It happened. So basically, there was, there was a car accident caused by the protesters. Ah, right. And okay. I presume people were injured. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of morally difficult to justify this. Yeah. It's yeah. different than sort of like going to a square, isn't it? And <laughs> the town square where you yeah. would normally protest or above uh, outside the uh, legislature. Yeah, of your outside. realm, Wicks or B and Q. These aren't hypothetical points. We've been They're writing facts. letters for thirty years. We've been writing petitions for thirty years. We've been pleading with our government for thirty and years. And what we're saying to the government is this: This is our line in the sand. We are demanding that the government make a meaningful statement to save the future of this country. And if, and they, if they refuse to do it, then they, they can put us in prison. And that's the no, Home Secretary's decision. Do it, and I've had enough of talking to people in this country about what we're doing. <laughs> you do this is the state of things. <laughs> bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> so, gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, watching this programme, we now know that these protesters are actually following in the footsteps of Winston Churchill. That is the level of intellectual debate that they're able to bring to the table what a fucking idiot well yeah they're deranged they think that the earth is going that that we've done in three to four years what happens in like three to four years and the nothing wor- the world doesn't uh, spoiler end. alert nothing well nothing's no, gonna happen no i mean for these people because <laughs> what tends to happen isn't it when you talk about these cults and things like that when um they say well the world's going to end on such and such a date and then it doesn't happen. And then you say, oh, no, it's not actually that. It's actually in such and such a date. And then it gets to the end of it. And the guy who's like running the court, he's normally a guy, um, just says, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll just kill everyone. You've got to go back and watch uh, An Inconvenient Truth. Go back? Go, go back and watch An Inconvenient Truth and look at the predictions they make there. Oh, right, okay. Uh, when was that? Was that like 10? <clears throat> Is it 2008, maybe? Right. 
And, you know, yeah. they made all these predictions about areas in New York being underwater by 2020 oh, right, and all right. the rest of it. It's alarmism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, I get that. You know. Um, it's been going on since the seventies. Well, it was gold, it was global cooling in the seventies. Well, this is the, the next ice age. This you know? is the thing, isn't it? But now it's political. It's not necessarily, you know. I suppose you know, in terms of like more unpredictable weather and severe, more severe storms potentially. But you would take global warming over global freezing, wouldn't you? An ice age, absolutely. It's about yep. insulating houses, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the but, main driver for that is going to be you'll save money on your on your gas and electric bills, which are going up exponentially yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, ho- I hope this. I just say that. I hope this. I hope this guy's listening then, mm. because he lives in a single glazed house with no cavity wall insulation. Yeah, that's gonna, I was going to say that. Yeah, he's got no insulation in his house, has he? Oh, no. poor guy. No. Next. So next. Is he, is he arguing for his house to be insulated? <laughs> <laughs> he's can't afford it. <coughs> no, it's uh... it's because he's gluing himself to roads instead of getting a job. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's quite wealthy. He's like, he might be a property developer or something. Ah, is that the guy who I read about? That guy. Is he? Yeah, he's, he owns like he's a big landlord or something. He owns a lot of houses, and it turns out that hardly any of them have have the insulation that he's. He's moaning about. Mm. Is that this, the same guy? This is the thing, isn't it? If you're going to take a, a public platform like that, you've you've got to try try your best to you know fucking um, walk the talk, haven't you? Well, it's better have your shit together. Yeah, madly. Yeah, we've had it for before where these these celebrities fly to a conference on climate change. Yeah. yeah. Emma Thompson was one, wasn't it, from last year, was it? Mm. Got criticised because she'd taken a private jet to fucking halfway across the world to speak about climate change. Yeah. You know, these row there like people, <laughs> people like DiCaprio, George Clooney, Yeah, they feel that they're, they're above us and that they can do this because, you know, because they have so much weight, their words have so much weight, Well, that it's worth them. You know, it's okay for they'll us. Have a, they'll, it'll have an effect. <laughs> Yeah. Their work yeah, will have an effect, you know. For everyone who goes, oh, George Clooney flew on a plane or something. But this There'll is the yeah. 10, 20 other people who go, oh, yeah, he's, he's got a point, and I like him from ER, so therefore I will <laughs> buy a... <laughs> but it's I'll, the, I'll put some egg cartons on my wall or whatever. It's the other thing as well, isn't it, about they're able to afford to offset their carbon if they wanted to. Oh yeah, it's it's the the poorest people who are going to get fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, particularly in Africa when they start monoculturing over there, mm-hmm. all these small farmers, and it's been going on in India for decades as well. The small farmers are getting fucked by a big business. Bill Gates is nuts deep in it all, <laughs> buying up big a uh, big a big agro monoculturing. Monsanto, they the uh, take the seeds, they'll they'll uh, genetically modify it. And then they'll make it a legal requirement. You have to buy our genetically modified seeds. You can't use your own. And so the independent farmers are then in ock to these big agro companies. Mm. And uh, Africa is going to be next. <coughs> and that's what will cause um, starvation and uh, environmental degradation. Mm. Uh, greed. But, you know, we've got to save the fucking whale, haven't we? <laughs> I do often think it's it's these big companies that 
should be changing before individuals. Very, you know, for all of this climate change, stuff, so plastic use, etc. I have a complete. Um, I, I don't accept the premise. I don't accept the premise that we can control the climate. And it, as a species or as individuals, as a species or both. Well, one leads to the, from the other. As a species, we can't. I mean, there might be a period, you know, they're talking about these weather machines and fucking Bill Gates wants to block out the sun and all the rest of it, doesn't he? Uh, spray gas, what's that thing? He's, he's experimenting with balloons, isn't he, to spray fucking aluminium or some shit into the atmosphere. We're not there yet. We can't control the... The thing is, we don't... I I don't, don't think we even understand how the climate works. I think we've got a pretty juvenile... Uh, understanding of how the system the solar system and the climate climate system actually works and to think oh, i think it's i true. think it's incredibly hubristic to think that we are going to control the climate and keep it less than 1.5 degrees it's absolute nonsense it's about pol- politics and it's about money and that's it it's always about money yeah but you know those sorts of climate improvements as in you know, everyone driving electric cars, you know, it's going to have a positive effect on the amount of people with asthma, for instance. I'm all for having a clean environment and not mm. fucking the planet up, but that this isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about tax. Do you think... We're talking about carbon well, think, tax. Yeah. You having your, your carbon allowance, you know, in 20 years. There was a story come out about the digital driving licence. Uh, they're going to start rolling this out in the UK. From uh, I think twenty twenty four for new license holders. And it'll save uh, on plastic. Yeah, it'll save on plastic and it's just another way, another means of control. Everything will be electronic. You'll have an electronic car, an electronic license, and you know all of a sudden you'll be like Citizen, you have exceeded your carbon credits. Your digital license will be revoked for ninety days. <laughs> You could see it, couldn't you? Or you have I to pay. Wait. Your digital wallet has been fined 300 credits. <laughs> An Uber is on its way to take you back to your domicile. <laughs> Stay safe. Build back better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've no control. The same with the, the electric cars. All right, what happens when the power goes out? What are you going to do then? Yeah. Walk. <laughs> well, you, you're completely restricted in your movement then, aren't you? Mm. There's a certain level of independence that having a, a fossil fuel car provides you, which will lose as soon as you move to electric. It's all part of the idea. They don't want us moving about. They want us concentrated in population centres where they can keep an eye on us. <laughs> be, a, be a good citizen. I can see. I can definitely see sort of um, it all becoming about the amount of carbon you produce. And you, you know, you and instead of like you know driving your car and uh, like that, and that being linked, sort of like your mileage and all the rest of it linked somehow to a, a fucking Mastercard. <coughs> I'm pretty sure it was Mastercard came out this week with this new credit card, mm. and it is going to compute every transaction you make. It's going to compute the carbon footprint, and once it goes over a certain level, it'll cut you off. <laughs> Fuck. It's it's the it's the short it's the it's how this is Mastercard. I mean, this is the other thing. This is why you don't want fucking you don't want to lose cash. You have to keep cash. As soon as they get you on digital money, you are fucked. You're at the whim 
of I these know. fuckers and you were a slave. You're nothing more Those than a slave. Those notes are plastic there now, Phil. Gotta remember they're gonna end up in the ocean eventually. <laughs> I don't give a shit. They don't have to. Well, it's not up to me where they go when I spend them, is it? You give them to someone else and they spend them. Why would they end up in the... Who, who throws money in the ocean? Ben, obviously. You know, ben, obviously, <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking burn. Wipes his ass through him and shoves them down the toilet. He's using, he's using 20s for uh, loo roll. The three shells. You don't even know how to use three shells? Three <laughs> shells. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's move on. So we were, uh, speaking of Bill Gates... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was on the PBS News Hour. A program he funds. It's actually a disclaimer. Nora Nora does a disclaimer. This this program is, is partially funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Anyway, Bill Gates appeared on the PBS News Hour this week and You know, it's just, you know, super painful. It was pretty fucking painful. because yeah. uh, towards the end of the interview he was quizzed on his relationship. With one Jeffrey Epstein. Oh. I also want to ask you about something else. In the public arena, it was reported at that time uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution <laughs> from minors. He was already convicted. Yeah. I love the charge. Soliciting prostitution from a minor. Um, they had to make up a charge yeah. for him. Yeah, a minor can't be a prostitute by definition. Mm, they made up something because yeah, he'd made a deal. Yeah, it's child rape, mm. but they can't say that because mm. of the legalese. Anyway, side note. <laughs> what did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, you know, I had <laughs> dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with... Uh, people he said you know, would give to Global Health, which is a, uh interest I have. You know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported, and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago now. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years. Um, <laughs> And that, in other words, a number of meetings. Um, what did you do when you found out about his background? I fucking got on that plane to the Bahamas, wherever he lived. Wait for it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking, looking at this? Well, he's dead, so, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, what? And, you know, the, you know I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very Bye-bye. proud of the work of the Bye-bye. foundation. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's what I get up every day and focus on. So, Bill, have you any, have you, have you, any, uh, you know, sort of lessons that you've learned from this? This uh, this episode with Jeffrey Epstein. Well, he's dead, so uh, you know. In general, you always have to be careful. He's dead. So. Yeah. <laughs> is there a little chuckle in there? Is he has a tell? He does with do it, it. With his, <laughs> with his nervous laugh. Well, he's dead, so uh, you know. In general, ah. you always have to be careful. 
very strange. Did Melinda divorce him over all this? Yeah. That's a, that's a rumour. Yeah, there'll be an NDAs all over it, won't there? <laughs> but he's, he's a famous womaniser as well. Yeah, he's a top shagger, isn't he? Was yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, did you not see the video of him dancing? <laughs> yeah. Windows 98? <laughs> Windows yeah. 95. Five. <laughs> the other guy's the best. The yeah. guy who calls Metal. Ballmer. Yeah. Yeah, for Ballmer, yeah. Is it Bill Ballmer? Steve. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Give it up for me! Fucking <laughs> 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 egotistical maniac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, NBC, Bojo has been in the States this week. <laughs> and uh, Bojo the Clown, the Prime Minister of the UK, <laughs> Boris Johnson, Bojo the Clown, has been in the United States <laughs> and uh, did an interview with NBC. And uh, and they finally uh, got to the bottom of how many children he has. Since you became Prime Minister, you became a father again, you have a new yes, baby, I you're do, expecting yes. another baby. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's you insane. have six kids. yes. What's it like so, to have little babies in, in it's 10 It's fantastic, it's fantastic. You have six kids, yes. Uh, that I know. <laughs> that I know of. Uh, that are in the public domain, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's not... Uh, that's... Uh, the, the way the question is worded and the answer, He's it like, doesn't mean that he doesn't have 12 kids. I know, yeah. You have, you have six uh-huh. kids? Yeah. Yes, I have six kids. I've definitely got At six. Least. Definitely <laughs> six. Yeah. Yes. You know, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work. I'll take as if he does anything. Oh yeah. I don't know. Does he know any of the names? Tell <laughs> <laughs> you that much, but it's it's. I love it. I absolutely love it, and uh, I, I want you. I change a lot of nappies. I changed I one nappy. Do you really? I do. Fuck off. On some of them adults. <laughs> Surely, yeah. Yes. I mean, how old is he? 50, 53, something like that? I think he's got is some he in the 20s. Young? Sorry? Hmm? Sorry, I thought he was older than 53. No, I, don't know. I think he's mid to late 50s, I think, yeah. Jeez. Tough paper round. Um, but yeah, I think he's got kids in the twen- in the 20s. Um, but a lot of them obviously don't want to be associated with him, do they? So they're just like not in the public eye at all. Which is, you know, fair enough. Just probably nice. just on some board of uh, <laughs> a banking conglomerate. Yeah, there'll be a World Economic Forum future leadership um, program. program. Yeah, <laughs> won't they? Like a Lena Wen in their uh, one in their WEF onesie. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it? Is it technically a unitard? <laughs> Kneel before Schwab. <laughs> <laughs> Did it well then? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's enough for Boris. I'm, I don't really care how many kids he has, but no. I mean, uh, I think. I mean, the thing is, if you're going to write articles in in the Spectator about how perilous our yes. position is, and that you know, why isn't anything do anyone doing anything about overpopulation? You know, it's a bit rich to then go on and have six kids that we know of. <laughs> Exactly, no. yeah. It's not going to have many carbon as the, credits left, is he? No. <laughs> no, but it's the same as the Emma Thompson thing and all this. They say one thing in the public eye and, they, you know, the complete hypocrites. Not that I'm not. Results. Yeah. But, you know, if you're going to lecture people on, on things like that, you should uh, at least try to... Yeah, fucking play, row across the Atlantic. Play a straight bat. Yeah. 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 Uh, should we go on to a bit of transhumanism news? Yeah. 
this Please, isn't... new jingles. There's, there was only one. There's only been one COVID story this week in the COVID news section. Yes, yeah, something's purposeful. Trying to Excellent. trying to leave off the bit yeah. of the COVID. Let's move away COVID. from the COVIDs. Yeah, because oh, it's okay. so depressing. Um, it is. Feel more upbeat. There's a new uh, not new product being lo- uh, lubed. <laughs> <laughs> being launched. I say. New product called Mojo Lens. Right. It's the uh, transhumanist new contact lens, internet connected. Oh, I yes. didn't say condom. Modern technology promises to keep us more connected. But in surrounding ourselves with screens and devices, it feels as though we've lost something. Imagine if we could replace our screens with something that informs without distraction. Could we see differently, more clearly? Could it help us find that invisible edge when we need it most? Or allow us to connect in crucial moments, providing vital information in an instant? Introducing Mojo Lens, the world's first augmented reality smart contact lens. Put Mojo Lens on in the morning and throughout your day, you'll have access to timely information without losing focus on the world around you. Mojo Lens is designed not to bombard you with data, but to elevate your vision by providing the information you need exactly when it's needed, all while letting you look like yourself. When it's not in use, the technology just fades away. We call this concept invisible computing. Mojo's invisible computing solution will be a platform that gives you everyday superpowers and an invisible edge throughout your day. But before it does any of that, it first has to be a great contact lens that improves your natural vision even when it's off. Mojo Lens built-in display will give you augmented reality wherever you look. It even works with your eyes closed, putting you into an instant VR world. (laughs) The applications are nearly limitless, from being able to see in the dark or low-light situations, augmenting your memory with instant information, showing you real-time translations, or giving you a virtual teleprompter. One of our first medical applications is using AR overlays like edge detection and contrast enhancements to help people with vision impairments such as glaucoma and macular degeneration. Yeah, so oh. instead of like... It's like four minutes long. I had to cut it somewhere. But yeah, Mojo Sign me up. I, I like everything about that <laughs> apart from the music. Okay, well, just stay away from me then. What is it, a Bojo lens? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it's potentially a bit scary, isn't it? If, if to be quite easily misused, if you can just control like what someone sees without the glasses. What? Smart glasses without the glasses? Yeah, it's like any interaction you have with a human, you're going to be thinking, "Are you recording me right now?" Mm. Yes. The answer will be yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like the end of privacy. This is the oh, end. That of ended long ago. No, it didn't. Why did that? Why did it end long ago? No, you've got that phone in your pocket for all time. I that's can put blue. the phone in the drawer, or I can turn you it put off. Your contact lens in the drawer, I suppose. No, but everyone you come gouge, across gouge has your them eyes in. Out with a with a spoon. Yeah, but you're good. I can't gouge your eyes out, can I? You could. You could try. <laughs> I don't think he wants to. Do you, you, you don't seem to understand that. Please don't make me gouge your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe instead of your wife just being like this all night, she'll just be like this. <laughs> I don't know what I prefer. <laughs> she couldn't be like this. <laughs> she'd have to be like this. It's just like uh, nothing. Nothing. You have good. to blink to like scroll through apps. I don't like, think so. <laughs> it, it looked like uh, there was like prompts coming up and like um, 
there was a guy, uh, like, he was going for a business meeting, and this thing came up above the guy's head saying, new contact. And it went, his contact details is obviously synced to his phone or whatever, and it put his contact details <laughs> into his phone and came up with his name. And You wonder if it's, like, in green light writing, like on RoboCop. It, it does look like... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a... Well, no. you'd be able to... You'd be able to get like uh, skins for it, wouldn't you? You could have like a Star Trek console <laughs> uh, font going on. I think that's what I'd have. How, how, so are they? Are they trying to say they're somehow going to get it to talk to like your brain? <laughs> no, no, it'll be connected to your phone. No, it's I think just a, it's just a screen, isn't it? Like a heads-up display, head-up it, display. And then you're gonna and they're gonna like beam energy to your eyes. Then no, it'd just be like a like Ben said, a, a hood. It'll, it'll just ping up information. Yeah, well, but how does it... How, how, it's a contact lens. It would, yeah, but it would need power. Yeah, it's got yeah, batteries it battery. in it. It's got a battery in it. <laughs> How's it got a battery in it? It's, it you have to watch the video, but it, it has a Is it power real? Supply. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a concept. <laughs> no, no they've like, made it. Oh, my God. You know, like those coloured yeah. contact lenses, the, the whole iris bit will probably be a really flat kind of ring battery, and your pupil will be... But when you swallow those batteries, they... Bur- they well, if you put it in ham, the um, it burns the <laughs> ham, doesn't it? It has put the it, in ham. <laughs> it has the world's smallest LCD display on it, and that's oh, what your wow. eye is seeing. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Play, I can't. Yeah. Three. Hmm? What? Don't be an early adopter. Wait for version three. Yeah, and I'm 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 never putting things in my eye. No, fuck that. Kill it with fire. Get rid <laughs> of it. Nonsense. Um, I must wait for the smart glasses to come out. Well, at least you can... they're already out. Yeah, smart glasses now. Google Google Lens was it called? Never took. Why that didn't... was the old one. Why didn't it take off? Google Lens. Because um, it was awful. So it was. They looked rubbish. It was like a big square box on the side of your glasses. The yeah. the new Ray Bands are quite good. Are they like in? Is it like some kind of something? Some gubbins in the Ray Bands then? Yeah, there's there's a camera on either side. Well. Uh, uh, you, some stuff, but it's it's much. Uh, I'm breaking up, Anna. No, no. All right, okay. Uh, it's much cleaner than the old Google Lens. There's no box on the side or anything. It's all built into the frame. It's in your head. Ray bands are quite. Yeah, Ray bands are quite chunky anyway. Should listen to the uh, the trigonometry that came out this week with the uh, the privacy woman that that um, professor doctor can't remember talking about privacy and how things are changing. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> About how you know the information you give away, your medical information is all being sucked up by corporate entities and will be used to penalise you. Basically, it's uh, it's just not the way to go. I'm afraid, it really isn't, in my opinion. But you know, I don't know. I'll have to move to a cabin in the woods, like the Unabomber. Just I, get away from it. I fantasise about stars. being off grid and maybe getting a small holding and some solar panels. Yeah. Yeah, let's get away from it all. It's, it's not going into to a good place. And a straw toilet. No. The only thing is, like having sure. a, having an outhouse. Yeah, you know, like when you you never watched any grand designs where they have they live on like a farm or whatever, and they, they build an eco house and the toilets like a, an outhouse, and you just dig a hole, put an outhouse over it, and then you just throw a bit of sawdust over it. That was like at the festival I went to. You had to take a cup of sawdust into the toilet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the smart toilet is here. Okay. Are you ready to share your anal print with big tech? 
Um, Hell yeah. I thought, <laughs> Sign I, me I, thought, up. I thought I already did. Oh, Sonia Grego. Yeah, I think I'll be getting my emails. <laughs> Sonia Grego has been yeah. thinking about toilets and more specifically what we deposit into them. We are laser focused on the analysis of stool. Flush the stash, says the Duke University research professor with all the unselfconsciousness of someone used to talk about bodily functions. We think there is an incredible untapped opportunity for health data. <laughs> And this uncrimped, and this information is not tapped because of the universal aversion to having anything to do with your stool. As co-founder of Cop- Coprata, Grego Grego is working on a toilet that uses sensors and AI to analyze waste. She hopes to have an early model for a pilot study ready within nine months. The toilet you have in your home has not changed function uh, since the nineteenth century. Blah 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 blah. Uh. Yeah, so it's going to analyse your your feces and your stoolies. Yeah. What would you prefer, Phil? Feces analysis or uh, smart contact lens? I don't have to have any. It's like Hobson's choice. (laughs) And then what happens to the information? It goes to the health insurance company. So next time you go and renew your your private medical insurance. Oh, hang on. Ooh, stool number 4,391. We didn't like that one. No. <laughs> there was definitely red blood cells in that one. Yeah. Too much information. Mm. Information is power, and people are just so fucking willing to hand it over to big corporations. It's yeah. frightening how much information people will willingly hand over. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm going to try and keep my footprint, my informational footprint to a minimum if I can. Yeah. Best I can, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to sell mine to the highest bidder, just for balance. I'll be selling my sperm. Oh, how much? Yeah. I don't know. Trusting I think it, for a friend. I'm expecting it. <laughs> I'm expecting it to rocket up in price pretty soon. Is my, it? Is it got no bots in it? I hope not. You're low. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> Do you want to move on? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing transhumanism. Am I what? Sorry, bored done with transhumanism. Yeah. Um, spare thought for Alex Jones. Is he, t- of is he the frog's gay at last? From the one show. <laughs> Alex, she had a baby. Is that is she called Alex Jones? She is. Yeah. Oh. No, the Alex Jones from Texas from InfoWars. Oh, the fat guy. Yeah. He's having he's giving himself a bit of a hard time here. And so, yeah, I don't look like I used to. I could look a lot better. I've got family that looks great at 60, 70 years old. But I took on all the stress. I stood up and and I stayed up with nothing but coffee probably two nights a week for the first four or five years I was on air. I worked 20 hours a day. I hand-edited all the films. I, I, I went and had jobs on top of it. I did the sales jobs at the radio stations and had my all of it taken away from me. I didn't care because I cared about the mission. And so do I look like a war-hardened goblin? Damn right I do, and proud of it. <laughs> I look like a war-hardened goblin? Damn right I do, and proud of it. And in the clip, there's a, wow. there's a, there's a little video clip of him when he's in his, like, 20s. And he's, mm. like, a stunningly beautiful man. Is it like Ricky Gervais? <laughs> Why was he stunningly beautiful? Have you beautiful? Ricky Gervais is a new romantic? <laughs> I'll put it in the Discord. Oh, he's, uh, he's, he was a gorgeous man, Alex Jones, back in the day. Right. Yeah. I never sucked any ding dongs. <laughs> he was. I'll put I'll put them I'll Google both and put them both in. 
Yeah, and see who's uh, hot or not. Hot or not. Shag, Fred. marry, kill. What's it called? Shag, marry, avoid? Shag, marry... Yeah, kill, maybe. Kill, marry, dead. I don't know. That's a game, isn't it? The yeah. millennials play. <clears throat> you, you must have heard of it, Ben. Yeah, you have contact oh, with it. <laughs> what? It's shag, marry, avoid, I think. Shag, uh, no, marry. I think it might be kill. Yeah. It might be kill. Depends how hardcore you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I would, I would, I would uh, avoid both of them. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to kill anyone. I don't know anyone who. I don't know how anyone would want to kill someone. Nah. Well, maybe you've not had anything done to you or someone you like that would warrant a murdering. What warrants a murdering? I don't know. I don't know. I'm quite, it's going to get dark. I don't want to get dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Do you want to finish? Are we done? Yeah. Is it can finish more? if you want, unless you've got anything to say. Anything to add? No, Ben needs to go to bed. And He's coughing so well. He's coughing a lot. Yeah. He's got the COVID. I haven't got COVID. You're not? According to um, six lateral flow tests and one PCR test. Oh my God! Why have you took six? Because you're trying to get it. <laughs> you're trying to get it. It's like, oh fuck! Just put some lemon juice on it. <laughs> yeah, tomato sauce. I think does the yeah as well. The, best one. the kids figured out lemon juice, didn't they? The school kids. Yeah, the kids dem. Yeah, the man dem. Mm. <laughs> man dem. Big up. Well, let's finish with uh, the Emperor of Canada. Then he got re-elected this week. Justin, <coughs> Justin Trudeau. Yeah, got uh, put back in, and he, he had a bit of an awkward moment at a press conference this week. Um, was it fancy dress? It wasn't fancy dress. What do you think he was going to be in blackface again? How many yeah. times has he done it? Has he done it three? Has he been caught three times in blackface? Has he really? Every Tuesday, Trudeau, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I've seen the photo. I've seen the one. One like, like... <laughs> no, no. Oh my god, it's beautiful. Hilarious. Right, okay. No, uh, no, he was talking on uh, an unrelated subject. I will never apologize <laughs> for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG, <laughs> LGBTQ2 plus uh, <laughs> rights to oh, not dear. have to undergo That's... conversion therapy. <laughs> I've got to play it again. Sorry. I will never oh. apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG, LGBTQ2 plus uh, kids' rights to not have to undergo conversion therapy. What's 2 plus mean? Is that bad? That's 2 plus. <coughs> no idea. It's, it's, two, it's in Australia, 2 is, is in there, and I think that's where you, you identify as both genders. <coughs> I say, I say both, that's probably wrong. There's two genders. Oh, yeah, there's no... You oh. can't say both genders. I know. You, I you, hot, you awful <laughs> bigots. I know, God. L- I'm still learning. L- what was it? L-G-B-T-Q-I-A. Two. No, that's here, Q-I-A. It's Q2 plus in Australia. It's Canada. Canada, wherever. Is it Canada? Wherever that yeah, is. Same two, in Canada, yeah. is it? And what's it here? Uh, LGBT what? LGBTQIA. Plus? What's the IA? Intersex and asexual. asexual. And then plus is everything else. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, by putting a plus on it, you just can tap anything. You could just, why not say L plus? plus? (laughs) Or just plus? The L L plus community? Plus? Well, the plus has to be in relationship. It It has to be uh, in relation to something else. Not in Matland. Not in Matland, but in in (laughs) Rational Land. (laughs) You just have, like, Matt and Phil. Matt plus. The Matt plus plus community. (laughs) (laughs) Matt plus everyone else. Yeah, let's, just, let's just all get along, man. I won't stand for conversion therapy in the Matt Plus community. No, exactly. Everyone wants to be Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Should we fuck off into the night? Yes. Let's. I'm so tired. I got Harry. Come on. I'm literally a... <laughs> <laughs> Mute yourself. That's what happened. <laughs> Right then, we'll see you next week. Yeah, praise Javelin. And all the Elohim. And the one. <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, I wonder. Do you think Ben will still be with us by next, the end of next week? Doesn't sound like it, is it? No, he's, he has had. I'll be here next week with a contact lens. <laughs> you want to try the vegan diet? Fucking vegan. Maybe that'll sort you out. Vegan. Yeah. Oh, no, we'll save it for next week. <laughs> Phil McCracken. Right, we'll see you next week. We had been marriage. Big marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Don Kiddick. Oh my god, he's wiping his ass.